everyone, and welcome to the 47th episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platyam 3 And this is Liam Land. Uh, and I, I, I have to admit, Platy, I'm, I'm a little confused about what we're doing here today. I, I mean, I, I did read the script and all, but I, I still don't kind of get it. Well, we're ending this. Just once and for all. Done. Ending what exactly? The podcast? I mean, come on. We're almost to episode 50. You can't go out on a boring-ass number like 47. Apologies to former Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Denver Broncos Hall of Fame safety and current San Francisco 49ers general manager John Lynch. You were the best 47 ever. Love you. <laughs> this, this this isn't a football side quest, Platy. No, 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 no. It's not. You're right. And it's not the end of slime time either. It's just the end of a bitter, long-running rivalry. Oh, damn. You're going to have it out with Austin and BJ? I keep telling you, they're not rivals. It's more like partners in slime. Ah, nice try. Nice try. Nice pun there, too. But we did that gag on the DQ Rivals episode. No, 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 no. This runs deeper than just Dragon Quest or SMT or Final Fantasy. This episode strikes to the core of every RP gamer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, okay, I don't exactly know where you're going with this, but you're you're the RP gamer, Platy, not me. Don't don't drag me into this. I'm not that hardcore. Uh, I'm more of an RPG fan. Oh, excuse me, what? I, I'm I'm a, I'm more casual, so so don't you know don't go rivalry with me. Ah, well, if you're an RPG fan, then you're going to get along great with our guests today. Oh, okay. Uh, I still don't get it. I may now actually be more confused than before. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me break this down for you. Because, as you said, I volunteer member of the site rpgamer.com. And remember about 16 or so months ago, we recorded a Dragon Quest Four podcast with Phil from uh, the old RPG Backtrack? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, end of last year, Phil decided he was going to devote himself more fully to streaming a ton of obscure RPGs. And he handed the podcast off to my amazing co-host, Kelly Ryan and me. And because besides slide time, I now co-host RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs from the earliest days of console gaming right up to the hits of yesteryear. See, RP Gamer, though, we've got this bitter rival website that's got a similar podcast called Retro Encounter. And I kind of thought it'd be great to invite a couple of their hosts on that are Dragon Quest fans and they can celebrate Dragon Quest 11's third western anniversary with us this month therefore ending any rivalry and joining us together on air in a neutral podcast setting uh so you invited people from rpg site oh dear god no not at all we're not going to talk about that website <laughs> okay all right all jokes aside joining us today from rpg fan and their retro encounter podcast let's give a warm welcome to michael Salosi and alana hogs Did I pronounce your name right? I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> All right. It's fine. I'm used to it. Don't worry. All right. I should have I'm asked also, you that beforehand. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me get that right again. All right. So it's Alana Hagues. So you got Alana my first Hagues. Name, right? That was yeah. going to be my 47th guess. That's good. Hey, wow. What coincidence. <laughs> 47, a nice good round number there. Well, welcome uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm sorry for butchering your names. Did, did I get Solosi right? Uh, this time you did, yes. Solosi. Oh, did I say Solosi the first time? Uh, I think you get one of the O's was a little different, but uh, uh, okay. it is, it is Solosi. 
So all right, uh, cool. It, it, it took you way less than forty-seven times. I'm gonna quiz me at the end of this, and I will try to recreate the magic of this introduction. I, uh, I'm so I glad I put a... you on that line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I just have... realized I got that line. You're gonna do that <laughs> I, to me every time now. <laughs> I have been known to put on the quiz show before, so we can we can arrange something at the end. Ooh. All right, <laughs> sounds sounds great. Um. All right, so I did want to review a recent uh, Dragon Quest V poll that I put up because I've been fascinated with how how much the fans absolutely love this game. I mean, you'd swear you'd swear if if the bride choices were like Bianca, um, Nira, Deborah, and then the plot of Dragon Quest V, like so many people would marry the plot of Dragon Quest V. Uh, but I. I, I I've been just kind of fascinated by this uh, this game and and how how people love it and why people love it. So I started throwing some polls together uh, on Twitter and just like one day polls, see how much how many respondents I get. Um, and the first one, uh, first question I came up with was, which version of Dragon Quest V is your favorite? If you've only played one, just choose that one. Uh, Seventy-seven uh, people responded. Close to seventy-eight percent people responded the DS version. Three uh, percent was for mobile. 7% PS2 and 11% for Super Famicom. Um, second question was, who's your favorite Dragon Quest bride of choice? 60% said Bianca, which I immediately went. I showed, I showed that to Pendy immediately because he loves to point out that everyone loves the childhood best friend, uh, you know, the, the concept of marrying the childhood best friend, and yet you've only really hung out with her once and went ghost hunting. <laughs> So, so sixty percent of remember the people. that time you went ghost hunting? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I'm sure if you were you like Bianca, will remind you of it many times. If you, mm. if you were if you were six and that happened to you uh, with your you know childhood friend, you'd still remember it. Then I think it's pretty. That's pretty amazing experience. Who knows? Maybe 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 wedding material in the future. Um, <laughs> 20, 27.8%, close to 28% said Deborah, and then uh, poor, poor Nira only got 12%. <laughs> Nobody likes the rich girl. They want, they want the, uh, the ghost hunting friends at one time. Uh, and the third question is, if you had to pick one thing, what do you like most about Dragon Quest V? A whopping 62.5 people said dramatic plot. Uh, wow. And then monster collecting and party and characters were both tied at 8 eight. Uh, eighteen point eight percent. So I put monster monster collecting slash party eighteen point eight percent and characters eighteen point eight percent. Monster enemies a whopping zero. <laughs> Nobody cares about the about the enemies in this unless you can collect them and put them in your party. And the, uh, uh, save them in all the games, whatever. Yeah. And the the breathtaking Sugiyama soundtrack didn't even rate as an option. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I wasn't gonna put that one in there. Not exactly my favorite of the soundtracks so it had a handful of uh of memorable tracks um but overall i was uh, i was not as pleased with that one um but then i got the kind of like they give you some some back-end stats that tell you like how many people answered the poll um the first poll which version of dragon quest 5 is your favorite 27 people answered that one uh the second one this one got like i guess retwe retweeted the most received 100 this is the witch bride of choice 133 <laughs> votes 133 people answered the the who the witch bride of choice and then if you had to pick one thing only 16 people picked one thing about what they like most about drag quest so 16 people it was that 62 percent so 
It's kind of interesting because 133 people answered the bride choice, but only 16 people said said dramatic plot. Yeah, it's only about the girls. It's right there in the title, even. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the the poll numbers seem a little skewed. I should have stuck in if you had to pick one thing. I just should have put, like, waifu as a choice in the poll and watch the the numbers spike in a different way. But, uh, yeah, I've... That's uh yeah, that's that's enough of stats. <laughs> that's also enough with Dragon Quest V. Yeah. Because today, today, we're gonna be talking about uh our history with Dragon Quest Eleven, since this is the third anniversary month of the game's initial release in the West. But first, we always like to get to know our guests, and since we definitely have some new guests on today, um, and Alana, I guess this first question really doesn't go out too much to you, because I think it's pretty obvious, but uh, what are some of your usernames or handles online? Um, <laughs> you... <laughs> yeah, I keep it pretty simple. Uh, so yeah. yeah, usually just Twitter and Instagram are Alana Hagues, and I'm on Discord, and it's just my first name, it's just Alana, probably with a number after it, I haven't ever looked, so yeah, I'm not too difficult to find. Um, my name's fairly unique, but yeah. And Mike, uh, you, you've got some different handles around. I do, yeah. Um, uh, for one, it doesn't. It appears that Mike Solosi is not unique enough to have a proper handle because when I signed up for Twitter originally, there was already someone that had at Solosi and another, uh, yeah, and another Mike Solosi floating out there, which Whoa. surprised which surprised me a little bit because my name's not exactly a normal name it's a hungarian name that had a couple letters excised from it when it when it went through ellis island um but uh so but if you see a mike solosi online it's probably me because i'm way more online than every other mike solosi uh, <laughs> um, i believe my, it yeah there's some my, helpful uh, results <laughs> sure but uh yeah my twitter handle for the most part is the real monsoon and my uh and my Discord handle is Monsoon Mike because of a very, very weird story that I guess I'm going to tell now. Uh, <laughs> one time in the late 2000s, I was playing Soul Calibur 4 at a friend's place. And like, I think more people were coming later, but it was just him and I hanging out. And he was making our whole little crew of friends in the create a character mode. And he said, hey, uh, Solosi, what are, what are we going to call your character? And I said, I, I, I don't know, um, but uh, make him a pirate. And so he said, all right. So he decided to make the most flamboyant purple and yellow and green pirate you've ever seen with, with, with Raphael's move set and decide and on a whim named it Monsoon Mike. And, oh, God. Yeah. And, and somehow that turned him into calling me Monsoon all the time. And then, ex- and then justifying it further by saying, whenever I go into one of my long winded ramble rant explanations, that's me monsooning on him. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Become a verb. Yeah, so yeah, like month to, so yeah, my name has been Monsoon ever since then, probably around 2008, 2009 range, uh, figure a few months after Soul Calibur 4 came out in the in the West. And uh, that's been my handle almost everywhere since then. I also have a second handle on Twitter just, uh, j- just for when, when I post things that I think are too niche for my regular account. And that account is called, yeah, that account is called Evoker for Dogs, and it is named after uh, something in Persona 3. It's my favorite, favorite <laughs> Twitter account name in the world. Uh, and and, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I mean, that's an actual line in the game. Meet Suter says, uh, uh, it's an evoker for dogs. When she's explaining how Koenaro can use his powers. Mm. <laughs> 
So, uh, so how did you originally get into uh, the Dragon Quest series? Right. Um, well, I, I, I guess I have a long history of playing video games at friends' houses uh, because I remember <laughs> um, like playing RP, an RPG for the first time at a sleepover, um, and uh, we were all playing a Super Nintendo, but I didn't have a Super Nintendo at home. I just had an NES, but I'm like, I, I need to play some more of these R RPG things. That was amazing. So I, I, I at the video rental store uh, near me and the used game store, uh, I was directed to, uh, I think, basically Final Fantasy 1 and all four Dragon Warrior games. And I rented all of them at least once, but couldn't totally figure out any of them. Uh, part of it definitely being that I was just jumping into other people's save files, at least at first. Uh, and but I but I did at least beat the first couple chapters of Dragon Quest Four or Dragon War, but Dragon Warrior Four. And uh, so that's how I first got into it. Um, I didn't finish any of those games, but then I actually started knocking out Dragon Quest games when I was emulating every Super Famicom game under the sun in the early 2000s and beat Dragon Quest V, uh, loved it. Then I went back and beat the NES version of Dragon Quest IV, loved it. And right and like less than a year after those two, Dragon Quest VIII came out in the, in the West. And I have been playing basically all of them as they came out since then. Awesome. Gosh. Yours is much oh. more storied than mine. <laughs> and, 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 so somewhere, somewhere in the middle there, I also bought the Game Boy Color versions of Dragon Warrior 1, 2, and 3, and, and that's how I finished those. But, but that, that was after I beat 8. That's all right. Those are good. Awesome. I like those Dragon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, were, they were really good versions. Uh, they were, mm -hmm. I, I found them easier to digest than the, uh, than the NES uh, counterpart. Oh yeah. So Alana, what have you played? Had you um, well, um, going back to when I first got into it, um, well, the thing is, is like, I'm from the UK and I live in the UK, so I'm sure everybody knows how mishandled we've been with, uh, RPGs in particular, JRPGs, um, being localized. So, Dragon Quest or Dragon Dragon Warrior was never a thing. Um, the first Dragon Quest game we got, I believe, was Dragon Quest VIII. So that was coincidentally my first Dragon Quest game, and it just happened to be that I read a review of it when I was a kid and was like, "Oh, that sounds really good. Let's go get it." And went and picked it up. Um, was familiar with Toriyama and really just ran away with it. Like I absolutely loved it um i never really got into emulation like mike did um so i didn't really get into any of the other ones um particularly because you couldn't even go out and buy dragon quest dragon warrior 7 because it never happened or even some of the older mm -hmm. ones um but then i picked up dragon quest 9 when it came out on ds and had a lot of fun with that and have owned most or all of them at various different times, um, but have only played probably about half of them. Now they're all readily available. It's still on my list to um, get my way through all of them. Um, but yeah, Dragon Quest Eight is the one that started it all, really. It was the first one we got. It was the first one that was localized, so everyone was like raving. They were like, oh my god, it's British people doing British voice acting and stuff. And <laughs> it's like... Yeah, um, so, yeah, not a storied, unfortunately, but um, definitely, we, we we got dealt the short end anyway, so mm. that's where we started. Yeah, yeah you have been over there. Mm. Eight is, uh, is, is still a good starting point, too. I mean, there, there's a lot there's a lot of games that I would say are good starting points in the series, mm -hmm. um, but uh, Eight is just such a beautiful, you know, it's, it, it's so close to, like, the traditional anime story. Uh, style or like just in, in general it's a beautiful game oh, yeah. um and the voice acting is fantastic you got jessica you got uh ricky grover as uh as yangus <laughs> um and he just nails that character it's it's 
it's such a such a gem for the series that's yeah, actually was... that's oh sorry go ahead I was gonna say, yeah, it came like I was playing a lot of other like anime RPGs at the same time as well. So like Tales mm-hmm. and Star Ocean. So it was just like the turn-based equivalent of those, I guess. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. nice. That's actually the one RPG we have like in the mainline series we haven't actually done an episode on yet. So hopefully we can <laughs> rem- remedy that <laughs> soon. Yep, it, it, it has are... plenty of fans out there, so I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's, oh we yeah, have oh, we are among them. <laughs> we just haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> yeah, you you will not We've have jumped all over the place. Panel. Yeah. No, yeah, when we started the podcast right immediately after starting it what the uh the Rocket Slime 3 fan translation came out and we did a hard right into getting those translators on and yeah, we've jumped around ever since. Like there's yeah. been no <laughs> there, well, there's I, no uh, straight line. 11 was still relevant when we started as well like it was kind of maybe the S version was just coming out and mm-hmm. uh I feel like going in order is something our the previous iterations of Slime Time had tried to do and failed. Like they just <laughs> couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't produce episodes. Uh, they couldn't. You know, get enough people together to kind of continue that. That you know, going from one, two, three, all the way up. So we never really did that. We kind of jumped around based on what the guest wanted to talk about. And mm-hmm. when it came to eight, we just haven't had someone jump out and say like, yeah, I want to really do eight, but I really want to do eight. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to it It'll soon. Happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the podcast I run has done episodes on four five and 11. So I think that means we'll probably get to the whole series by uh, 2035. <laughs> God, yeah. It's like oh, every nice. couple of years, isn't it? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's DQ10 hard. servers should still be running then, I believe. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, that <laughs> offline mean, version of M10 for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the yeah. th- HD version of 3 will help with that at least. So mm-hmm. yeah. whenever that comes Hopefully, out. yeah. Yeah, that looks beautiful. Mm, yeah, it really does. Well, speaking well, when, of 3... Oh. <laughs> Here oh, comes the transition. I'll segue <laughs> that right into the next <laughs> question. <laughs> you know, it, it may not be, but... Um, let each of you talk about, and I know a lot of you've not played as many, but uh, what what are some of your favorite games in the series? And if you've played any of the spinoffs, which ones have you liked? Um, so I'll go with spinoffs first. Um, again, not a ton. Um, the only two I've really played any of is uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, so the first like Muzo-style Dragon Quest game. Mm-hmm. Um, really liked it, and it was a really good... It, I think it's a really good way, like, if you're not really familiar with Dragon Quest as a kind of style, or isn't it? Like, it, it's a really good way of introducing you to all the characters and giving you, like, a dose of their personality. Like, it's the reason I know who Terry is. It's the reason I know what knew what Alina and Kirill were like before playing four um so it was a really nice way of like interacting with many of the things in that series and i've been on a break for a while from that point like i'd only played eight nine and then like when did dragon quest heroes come out in the west 2015 2016 um it was a it was a pretty early ps4 game i think it was, yeah uh, uh, 2015 i think it was 2015 yeah, yeah right. that does sound right it was about the same time i joined um rpg fan um so yeah, it seemed like a really good place to jump back in, even if it was totally different. And yeah, it did because it totally got me interested in going back to the series again. Um, uh, the only other one I've played even a little bit of is I think it's called Dragon Quest Swords, the Wii one oh, yeah. with oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. That was a that was a 
time i think like that's the only way i can think of putting it like that was certainly an experiment because i was just like i was trying to find like dragon quest games that had come out in europe and i think that was only the second or the third one at that point like nine hadn't even come out so i was like oh this looks cool ah it's nothing like it is it but yeah um boom street (laughs) oh god yeah Oh yeah, isn't oh, they're in another like Square Enix like spin-off game as well, aren't they? Jessica and Yankus. Um, but yeah. I can't remember what they're always in all of them. Um but yeah, in terms of favorites, um it's always between three, one of them we're talking about today, one of them we've already talked about. Well, actually we've already talked about both of them. So Dragon Quest V is probably my favorite. I have a little bit of a soft spot for Super Nintendo era games anyway. Um and Dragon Quest V I played in 2019 really recently so um the fact that it still feels really unique now um in you know however much older like what when did it come out 1992 um so it would have been 27 years at that point um when i played it 27 years old yeah it's absolutely ridiculous like it's just it's so well structured and so well laid out um that I could easily go back and play it again and just breeze through it and do so many different things, like recruit many different monsters and stuff like that. I just think it's got one of the strongest stories in the series up until maybe seven or eight. So yeah, it just stands up to me as like a really, really amazing Super Nintendo RPG still. Awesome. And Mike, what are some of yours? Uh, sure. I haven't played a ton of the spinoffs. I-, I messed around with one of the Dragon Quest Monsters games Uh when I was much younger, I think it was, I think it was the first one, but I, I did I sort of didn't understand it enough, and then gave it back to the friend that loaned it to me. But I I did get into Dragon Quest Rocket Slime for the DS. I thought that was really fun. And mm. then when I was like looking this, I think I was looking up to see if they were making a Rocket Slime two or something. I realized it was the middle chapter of three games. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, and that just made me annoyed that the uh, that the GBA original and the 3DS uh, sequel never never came out. I know there was uh, translation efforts for both of them, but I, uh, I I I didn't I didn't look that hard to play those because there's always something I'm being distracted mm-hmm. by. It's, uh, it's 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 not the game's fault. But I liked I liked the the translated official rocket slime but haven't played the others uh and also i i I would be i would be lying to myself i didn't mention my ongoing addiction to dragon quest tact one of the uh (laughs) yeah one of the one of the dragon quest mobile gacha games um (laughs) i i log into that at least at least twice a day just to you know to make sure i'm spending my stamina sensibly it's a time that I can use, like, like uh, right, right, early in the morning and right after work, um, to you know listen to podcasts for thirty minutes and and mess around with my units and and try to level some things up. And and that sort of goes into my uh, it, attachment to the monsters of Dragon Quest because Dragon Quest Tact is most of your um, team is monsters in that game. And uh, I, I just think that the Akira Toriyama monster designs are so beautiful and colorful. Mm. I own I, I own a couple figurines of them. And I think that goes into why for many, many years, Dragon Quest V has sort of been my favorite. It, uh, it was not the first one I played, but I, it was the first one I finished uh, when I, again, during that early 2000s time when I was emulating a lot of stuff. And uh, everything from the hero's journey to the uh, to the choosing your wife and like and sort of hitting different parts of the game at different parts of your life uh, when you're a, l- a little kid, then a teenager, then a husband, 
than a father, uh, really makes it uh, unique and powerful. And the fact that you recruit most of your team as monsters in the field and have a uh, all kinds of silhouettes in your wagon by the end game uh, is is really fun. Although the thing is, if I were I've played Dragon Quest Five, I guess four times by now, and if I were to play, replay it a fifth time, I, I don't know if I would experiment much. I would probably just recruit the same <laughs> monsters I've always recruited, <laughs> and then and, and and recreate the teams that I've loved over the years. I, I experimented. Uh, between playthroughs early on, but but now it's like I sort of know what I want to get out of the game. Uh, yeah. So I, I I don't know if I'll ever replay it again. But five is very near and dear to my heart, and the only game that's challenged it since is eleven. So uh, what you're saying is is that you all that kid in Dragon Quest your story? Oh God, um, <laughs> a little bit. And and on at least one occasion, I did intend to marry Nira and went with Bianca anyway. So maybe, maybe never no, never uh, de never yeah. Deborah though never Deborah. No, I, I did the first time I played the DS version. I went with Deborah. I did. Fair enough. Mm. So I, I did, so I, I, Everybody's I did. been with Deborah. I haven't either. I did Bianca twice. I did Bianca twice on the Super Famicom version, then Deborah once, then Bianca again on the DS version. Yeah. I mean, I've dated a bunch of Debras in real life, so I kind of tried to stay away from her in the game. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah I, I do the, 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 remember the old saying is don't stick your cypress stick in crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> So, all right, we put the when, mature tag on all of our podcasts. Yeah, when, <laughs> we just let it we let it all hang out. When Alana said that you're reliving uh, Dragon Quest, your story, I just kept thinking of you making a baby in a VR machine. Oh my god! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I can't believe I opened wow. this door. That was not what I was intending on this going. But yeah, my original my original question that I was going to say was, uh, uh, yeah, do you pick a different bride if you play a replay? Because uh, that's what I've been doing. You know, I, I've I've played the Super Famicom version multiple times uh, and gotten different different bride scenarios uh, each time. But there's only two in that one. So uh, in the DS version, I'm currently on a uh, my second playthrough with uh, with Nira um, as the wife, and then I'll replay that again as uh, um, with Deborah. And then I've got to play through three times on the mobile version, and then twice on the uh, PS2 version. And, you, you know, um, oh the first gosh. time I played the DS version, I, I picked Deborah and sort of as and I, and I knew that her name was Deborah ahead of time because I've been, I've been following a little bit of news about the game before it came out in North America. So, uh -huh. so I knew there was a third option and her name was Deborah. Uh, my mother's name is Deborah. So I so, <laughs> sort of for, yeah, sort of for fun. How I edible. Mean, yeah, exactly. Well, well, not exactly, but like okay. for fun, um, I, I named the uh, the hero after my dad. The um, the my uh, mar uh, married Deborah, and then named the two kids after myself and my sister. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that story. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I've told you, I've told you before, Alana. Maybe I told it on the podcast before. I, I feel like I've that's shared cool my entire idea. gaming history on podcasts. <laughs> Over, yeah. <laughs> over the past five years or so. So it, I, I I tend to only have like the same 11 stories that I keep recycling over and over by now. <laughs> Not nice. true. Nice. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Liam I'm... will drop a monster sprites moving in Dragon Quest Six at some point. In oh, podcast, yeah. Even though that'll never come up, but... <laughs> I don't... All right. We're I don't know why way. that We're would come way. up, but yes, that's, that's, that is that's that is a good point about uh, first for the series. Um, but uh, it, I'm playing through five with my son right now on the Super Famicom, uh, and 
he's he he's not super interested in the fact that Pappas dies or Pancras that that the the father you know dies within the first like I don't know half hour of the game maybe maybe no, hour of the game. It's uh, it's 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 like the second or like th- third dungeon. It's uh it's after you meet right. Prince Harry. So it's a uh, yeah. yeah. So I guess it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a couple of hours maybe. Yeah. Okay. Gone ghost hunting. Yes, that's true. You have to do all that oh, stuff yeah. first. That's right. It's all right. It just seems ago. it seems like a short amount of time, but it's yeah. I guess it's a couple of hours in. Um, he was enjoying the ghost hunting, and then we got to the cave, <laughs> and he couldn't he couldn't really fathom like what was happening and then he was just like super depressed after and didn't want to play anymore but Aww. i got I, i've been slowly kind of getting him back into it um he's about to pick the bride and then i'm gonna name the children after him and his sister Aww. so so yeah so a little different ways of, of like uh, uh of kind of getting him back and i'm gonna show him the bjorn fight he'll think that's awesome um <laughs> And and and, ma- and make sure you make it very clear how much cooler the sun is than the dad in that game because the, the the sun gets the oh yeah equipment, oh and yeah he, and, he, and he learns better spells right so, so the, make it clear that like that guy was the main character now you're the main character you're the hero right right and then yeah. the shade they throw on the daughter <laughs> right <laughs> <Am I> not- <laughs> yeah. we're not yeah. even making it in the movie version yeah exactly <laughs> no right yeah so um. <laughs> No daughter, no other. Deborah. Yeah, exactly. Well, she <laughs> Deborah wasn't the original like canon wife either. They were talking about the Super Nintendo version or Super Famicom version, and then uh, and the PS2 version didn't even have her. So she was first introduced with the DS. The only Luca uh, that matters to me is Luca Doncic, and that's where I'm leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, where are we? Uh, do you have any uh, favorite, uh, favorite or least favorite characters or monsters in the game? Oh yeah, Ooh, you um, want to go? Yeah, sure. I mean, going back to me loving monster recruitment in Dragon Quest V. Uh, every time I play that game, I have to get a slime knight early on, and then mm, golem mm-hmm. around the midpoint, and then grind until I get a great dragon at the end. Because those are my three horses that I that I'll ride mm. for the entire game, even though I'll even though the great dragon probably won't reach level 15 by the time I fight the final boss. But mm. the, the very first time I played that game, I got a great dragon really easily w- without really having to grind, <sighs> even though nice. it's, it, it's either a one out of 64 or a one out of 128 recruiting chance. I forget which, um, but, but then, and I'm like, well, this is awesome. And this is my new favorite monster. This is great. But then every subsequent time I've had to play it, I realized, Oh, this is a low recruitment chance, but I really want one. So I guess I'm grinding for it. And that's how I, <laughs> that's why I've, I've grinded for a great dragon three times playing dragon quest five. But uh, <laughs> like going on after that, I, I really love Slyon hearts from uh, dragon. Oh Wars yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, they and uh, the, the the color variants are called Prime Slime and Shogum, but mm-hmm. it's because it's because I already like Slime Knights, and they just gave us this really cool, almost evolved version of them. Yeah, uh, that I've I've really appreciated Slime uh, Hearts over the years since. Nice. God. How about you, Alana? That's that's a uh, hard to beat Slime Heart, isn't it? Um. Yeah, all of my favorites tend to be just more based on like, because I think they're all wonderful. I think all the, you said earlier, Mike, like the designs are just perfect. Um, but like in terms of like classic ones, yeah, I like King Slimes and Liquid Metal Slimes in particular. Mm. I don't really yeah. know why I like Liquid Metal Slimes in particular. They're just kind of, they're kind of cute. And I kind of like them. Um, but like otherwise, Golems as well, I think. I think they've got a yes. really, they're such, so useful, mm-hmm. consistently useful through in the series when you can recruit them and they just have a really really cool design um and then all the rest of the ones that i like have just puns like stock raven 
professorus, yeah. sham witch. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm shallow. Favorite. I'm shallow, now, but like that's absolutely what I go for. In a boss in Dragon Quest Nine, uh, the Jack of All Trades becomes yes. master, yes. master. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just gonna I, say Nine has so many great ones. I, I mean, I think. Uh, how Dragon Quest is written in Japanese also includes a lot of puns, and they tried mm. to preserve the spirit of that by including a lot of puns in the English localizations, and it is so appreciated because those translators and writers they go they go ham shatwich on these pun on these puns. <laughs> they, they really do. Right. You can you can feel the work going into these puns, and I love them every time. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're going to talk about Dragon Quest Eleven eventually, I presume. But did they have to have? One entire town speak in rhyming couplets, and and another entire town speak in haiku. Like that, that, <laughs> yes, that's a, lot, that's a lot of work. That's yes, crazy. they did. Yeah, but how rewarding nice. is that? Like, I think there's mm -hmm. no. It must be like the dream localization job, right? Like, yeah, you imagine yeah, I mean, just being told you get paid to write puns. Yeah, for the rest you, of your you life. Know you know how it's impossible <laughs> to make money as a poet. We need you to be a poet for this whole project, <laughs> right? right. We're paying you. All poetry is filtered through Dragon Quest now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Dragon Quest is the number one employment uh, employment destination for all poets in the UK, guaranteed. Schlock <laughs> International, they do a good job. <laughs> they do the uh, they do level five, a lot of level five stuff too. They do, yeah, mm -hmm. they do. Yeah, yeah they, they do use a lot of UK, UK voice actors. I think they did for Rogue Galaxy as well, didn't they? Uh no, Rogue Galaxy's got Amer a lot of American VA because Steve, Bl Steve Bloom's in there for definite. So right. oh no, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Pro Professor Layton, Professor Layton though. Professor yeah. Layton, yeah, mm -hmm. Nino Cooney, yeah. uh, certainly Nino mm -hmm. Cooney one. Um, um yeah. and uh, In Inazuma Eleven didn't even come out in North America, but it, it did have an English, uh, 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 an English version in the UK. I, mm -hmm. I always, always meant to Im import that, but I never got around to it. I just oh. played that this year. It was pretty good. The oh, original awesome. one. Oh. There's, I mean, I mean, in Japan, I think they they made at least five of them, right? I mean, oh yeah, really, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, they, they they were really popular for a minute. But now, now I think level five is. Of, of course, they do a lot of stuff, but they've sort of become the uh, the yokai watch studio at least at least recently. A little. Although R.I.P. It doesn't seem like we're getting any more of those recently. Yeah. But oh well. All right, back to Dragon Quest. We'll finish up this part of the interview. Right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to Dragon Quest Eleven eventually. But uh, what are some of your favorite mechanics in Dragon Quest games? What do you like doing when you sit down with a Dragon Quest game? Do you like the ones with monster collectings or the job classes? Do you hang out at the casinos? What are some Ooh. staples? Mm. Ooh, I think you'll have a better answer than me, Solosi, but I like gambling, so I like the casinos <laughs> <for> definitely. <laughs> I, I will never gamble in real life, but you stick a video game casino in front of me, and that's hours and hours down the train um yeah i think maybe my lack of experience is probably with the series is probably just holding me back a little bit because i love the monster collecting and obviously like i haven't played any of the job systems games yet because they're three and six not six seven no uh, no, no no so yeah no, you're right six, have, three and six yeah, yeah okay yeah three three six and seven you're right the first time there you go there's my ignorance shown already um but like yeah it's so those will probably go up there as well but yeah i'm sorry i just like spending all my money at the casino and cheesing them it's just so good um but yeah and i also really like crafting i think that Eight and eleven in particular do such a good mm -hmm. job of having really good synthesis systems that are really easy to pick up um, and really good at learning. So yeah, I think I think Dragon Quest makes a lot of things really simple and really accessible that I enjoy. So yeah, I I, I can get weird 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just said Mike. You. Uh, right. I mean, I, I, I like most of the Dragon Quest games that I've played. So, I mean, you put a job system in front of me. I will try to. Tr- I will attempt and mess around with every job. Although, but, uh, but this, it, like, Dragon Quest jobs are less about catering to individual encounters and more about building the individual characters. Because, like, you, you can't change jobs on the fly. You always have to go back to Tower of Dharma or All Trades Abbey. And um, there isn't a lot of playing dress-up with jobs, except for, I guess, the 3DS version of Dragon Quest Seven. So, I like, the job systems in those games don't hit me the same way that they do in a game like Bravely Default or Final Fantasy V. But, uh, but I, I really like the Dragon Quest games that give you customizable skills. I thought they did a really good job in 8 and 11, especially since they communicate what you learn next a little bit better in the, the 3DS version of Dragon Quest VIII. Uh, but um, the fact that they gave me a, uh, a, a skill tree or a skill web in 11 that was fun to navigate and let mm. you re- reset and play around again yeah. Uh, it, it like the skill tinkering in 11 was really, really good. And that makes me more interested in a future Dragon Quest game that's like 11 than one that was only about monster recruiting or only about a job system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and as far as the diversions go in, in Dragon Quest games, I mean, I get my fill of Dragon Quest gambling by playing their gacha game in real life. It's so, <laughs> uh, 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 not the answer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's not talk about yeah. that at all. Um, it's uh, those tombola I, I, odds. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but every time they have a uh, they have a game with Pachisi or um, uh, what do they call them now? TNT. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've always enjoyed. Yeah, I've always enjoyed uh, those um, those miniature board games that have pretty good rewards. And um, when I gamble in Dragon Quest games, it's usually because I'm just trying to earn as much as many tokens as possible for the best weapon available in the prize counter. So I, I don't mm-hmm. get too deep into the gambling, but I always like those TNT boards. So if, if they were to revive those in a future Dragon Quest game, I would at least try to clear all of them once. Mm-hmm. Nice. In uh, the no, theater mentioned... rhythm game, they've got tons of them. And Ooh. Oh, what? Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yep. <sighs> I, I think I've done 15 and there's still a couple more there. And every time you finish one, like another one pops up, too. So it's like, wow. I, I don't know how many they have in there, but it's well into the teens. I thought five was a lot in the DS version of DQ5, but little did I know. Yeah. I've told Alana this before, but I think it's crazy that... Uh, Dragon Quest gets their own theater rhythm. Final Fantasy got their own theater rhythm. There's a ton of DLC for other Square Enix games in Final Fantasy theater rhythm, but no Kingdom Hearts music. And so I was <laughs> sure that they were going to do theater rhythm Kingdom Hearts like the same year as Kingdom Hearts 3, because the, because that series has a ton of great music in it. And mm-hmm. it never happened. I, my, uh, the, the pro- my, my prophecy did not come true for that one, which is a bit well, of a bummer. It didn't, but you, there was still a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game that came out last year. So Yeah, but that's... But it's not I fair mean, rhythm. No, yeah. it's, it's not. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I, mean, uh, I mean, even though Kingdom Hearts music is great, I, I thought that game was mostly disappointing to people. Am I, am I wrong? Or... I th- I think not to go get off of Dragon Quest, but you have got people from Retro. We always go off tangent. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, I, don't worry I, about it. I, <laughs> it was disappointing to me, but I, I'm somebody who's like falling off of Kingdom Hearts very slowly. I think so. I think a lot of people liked it, and a lot of people didn't. But it was more split than I was expecting. Yeah, a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game would interest me more than a proper new Kingdom Hearts game. But and the fact that that <laughs> one didn't totally deliver. Just me, me being 
not really part of the Kingdom Hearts fandom. I don't know. I, I, I always thought it was so weird that we didn't get a theater rhythm game, and when they finally give us a rhythm game, it's it's not what we wanted. Anyway, maybe we should talk about Dragon Quest again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say, uh, getting you know, you were mentioning like job classes um, uh, before, and uh, two of my favorite examples of the job classes, besides three, which really started it all, um, are uh, uh, six and nine. Uh, and in retrospect, that sounds weird. Six, six, and nine, uh, but that's not what I meant. Uh, uh, <clears throat> anyway, getting back to it, uh, in six, you've got uh, you've got this bat, um, system where for every certain number of battles, um, you advance in a in a job class, um, and then you eventually learn different skills and spells. Um, and that then stack as your character grows in new jobs. Um, so in nine, they kind of take a step back and say, well, uh, since there's multiplayer, local co-op multiplayer, we want to bring the uniqueness of your character out. So if you change uh, classes, you're restricted to only spells of that particular class. Um, and you can retain some of the uh, some of the skills um, or most most of the skills, just not the weapon skills. Um, uh, for uh, for the for those classes, um, and it just makes it more interesting in my in in my opinion because in six you can master every class and just have uh, in your entire party just be gods, knowing every skill, every every spell, um, get as high levels as you can, and just dominate. Uh, whereas in nine, if you did that and there was multiplayer, every single person would be it would just be too easy. Every single character would have the exact same skills. You know, no one would be unique. Uh, so what I love about the fact that they restrict it in nine is that you can now say like, okay, if you're playing local co-op multiplayer, which I realize is rare, uh, you get a bunch of buddies together. You say, okay, you be the gladiator. I'm going to be the priest. Uh, we need a paladin for, for Nightwatch and maybe another gladiator and let's go tackle uh, legacy boss. Um, so now you've got like a unique set of characters with different uh, skills or spells rather. Um, and it just, it makes it more interesting in my, in my opinion. I, I really like the compromise they made for that system in the 3DS version of Dragon Quest seven, mm -hmm. where you, you, you do retain skills for the base classes. So every character can permanently learn, you know, heal and mid heal from priest and probably Frizz and Sizz from Mage. I, I don't have a skill list in front of me. But yeah. every but every mid-tier class and every top-tier class were limited to only the skills in their class plus the the level one base class base jobs. So the, the, um, it was very easy to have you know heal on every single character. But then your class choices and party design really matters once you start unlocking jobs beyond that first tier. I thought that was a smart way to handle it. And hmm. um, and, and you know, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, the uh, second best Dragon Quest game of the past ten years. Their their job system is is inspired by Dragon Quest, and the way they have it is every job has two skills that will be permanently held over to every other job. So uh, like you, you could, it's it's useful to level every job up to it the 25 to 30 range just so you can master the two carryover skills but then after beyond that uh your your job selection really matters uh so like i i think maybe nine is a little too rigid and six and mm -hmm. the ps1 original version of seven is a little too exploitable and grindy but you, mm -hmm. you find a happy medium in there like 3ds7 or uh yakuza like a dragon that that that's um those skills systems and job systems uh uh really impressed me nice 
And for those people that still want to break the heck out of that game, you could go all monsters because those skills permanently get learned, right? I, I I think I think so. I, I think in the 3DS, in, in, yeah. Yeah, in 3DS 7, the only monster I used a lot was Lizzie. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, like the monster <laughs> job classes. Those teach yeah. skills permanently. But, yeah, you got to do some work for that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, they give you a slime to start leveling up with those uh, with those monster crystals, if, mm-hmm. if my memory serves. But uh, it's a it, it is a bigger grind than using um, the human characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we, like I said, we'll get to Dragon Quest XI soon. I promise, I promise. But we don't always get this. We don't always get the chance. And uh, I was on with Austin, Liam, and I both done this, who co-hosts the DQFM podcast. I was on there this past spring, and he was like, oh, hey, you know what? I never get to talk to other podcasters. So he asked me a couple questions about podcasting, and I was like, oh, you know, we don't really chat with other podcasters either. We you know, we've we've got fans, we've got friends, we've got people we meet on web, one website or Discord or whatever, but not always uh, other people who actually do this more than once or twice. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Um, what what was your first podcast that you ever did? Oh gosh, do we have the same answer for a lot of these questions? Mike, uh, <laughs> not, definitely not for this first one, but uh, but probably many of the rest. Yes. <laughs> oh, what was your first podcast then? I'm curious. Uh, well, when I was at university, um, our oh. video, our, our video games club had a podcast that went for about thirty episodes, and I was on one of them. It would have been probably 2006 or 2007, and uh, wow, it was a lot of fun. It, 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 it was a lot of fun because I mean the the, the club basically we would uh have a topic that would be our discussion topic for about 30 minutes and then we would spend the remaining 90 minutes playing a whole bunch of oh i don't know uh like street fighter 4 and uh and <laughs> and, uh, and smash melee and uh, you know the, the regular things that a bunch of um 20 early 20 something video game players would play together but it yeah sounds uh, like you in 2006 i think yeah <laughs> right, yeah. I, I mean, in 2006, I was definitely uh, bad at most fighting games, but when Street, when uh, Capcom VSNK2 came up, I would somehow clean up all the time because that was oh, that yeah. was my PS2 fighter of choice for many years. And that, 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 and playing in that club is also how I got pretty good at Soul Calibur because we were playing. Mm. I think I think we were playing a lot of two, and then Soul Calibur three came out when I was in college. I, I yep. think. Um, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Right. So and uh, so yeah, I was on one episode of the University of Virginia Gamers Club podcast in 06 or 07. <laughs> oh my goodness, wow. I have to hunt that down. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say, where could we hunt this down? <laughs> we were uh, in the archive. I, I think it's it's archived somewhere. Um the uh the, the two club founders are uh, two very, very good dudes named Bobby and Jay who I, uh, pre-pandemic, I would see at the same convention every year, uh, even though I, even though, like, again, this, this was in the mid-2000s when I was in the university. But uh, I, I don't know if it's on iTunes or whatever, but that, that podcast is floating around somewhere. I think on the episode I was on, we talked about the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Just to to put a time to it. Jeez, yeah. Okay, yeah. My my answer is definitely your podcast. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> retro. Yeah. Um, I mean, I only really got into hobbyist games journalism in 2015. So, mm-hmm. yeah, retro was kind of something I wanted to do anyway. Um, I listened to it a little bit before joining. It was only just new when I joined. It started May 2015, if I'm right, and then yes. mm-hmm. I joined August 2015, and then didn't get a chance to be on until. April 2016. Uh, so that was my first. Uh, we're considerably better now, um, or I'm considerably better on that show now. Um, but yeah, I haven't done too much otherwise. 
I will so, yeah. say, listening to the first episodes of Retro Encounter, um, it was about, what is it, Trails in the Sky. Trails in the Sky, yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't even on those episodes. I, I was in the group of five or six people that started the podcast, but I, w- I think my first episode of the show is episode five. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I listened to the first one until like last summer, right when you were about 250. I was like, well, let me go back and listen to a couple of the early ones, see how this began. And they played some music under them talking, and it was horribly balanced like (laughs) just horribly balanced something you guys don't do anymore but yeah i i I know i know who to blame for some of those early choices (laughs) but i'm i I will not i'm not i'm not going to say so here (laughs) i I will definitely say though that gave me the idea for all our uh, side quest episodes um Mm -hmm. when we have different people on just chatting about stuff i play the music and it's probably i think i've got it now to about 30 decibels under the people talking and that's worked out pretty good so but i got that idea from first episodes of your old podcast so there you go we still we still play music under podcasts for some of the other podcasts in rpg fan but i i i also found um the music for early episodes of retro distracting so uh Mm -hmm. so we stopped doing it when i took over the show uh Mm -hmm. So you're you're both on Retro Encounter quite a bit, obviously. Um, any other podcasts that you've done? I know Mike, you were doing one during the uh, early oh, days of the lockdown. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I started I started the second podcast during lockdown that um it had about fifteen or sixteen episodes, and I I, I and Alana was on one of those, and I, I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, I was happy with how it turned out, but it just became exhausting running two podcasts. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when you know, just your my mental and emotional stress during pandemic because of the the pandemic, like generally was uh, was not good enough to sustain it. So um, that, uh, bravely distance is officially on hiatus. Uh, and but before I joined RPG Fan in 2014, I was on I was working um, on a, on a different website where I, I was I was basically a forum ghoul that wrote there that wrote a lot of news posts. And we mm-hmm. tried to we tried to run a podcast for a few months, but the scheduling was really hard. Uh, I like I sort of wanted to do the podcast a certain way, and the guy that ran the site wanted to do it another way. And and in, in fact, disagreements over the podcast are sort of why I basically ghosted them and applied to write for RPG Fan and <laughs> and, and get hmm. accepted. And um, I, I didn't join RPG Fan explicitly with the idea to join a podcast. Um, I, I sort of wanted to maybe make appearances on the other two that they were running, but then I sort of. Got the idea. I think there is a room for a third podcast on on RPG Fan. But before I could even pitch it, one of the other guys that had joined at the same time I did pitched Retro Encounter, and I ended up sort of joining the group that ran that instead of in, in instead of whatever else I was planning. But uh, as people in the website sort of came and went, I was the cheese standing alone that that was still <laughs> that was still on Retro, and I, I've been basically the showrunner for that podcast since early 2017. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for about for about. Yeah, for about two years, it was a committee. And then since 2017, it's been mostly me just, you know, bugging people, good people like Alana to host, to, to guest on, to guest <laughs> with me on the show. Me. He says bug, but I'm always willing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I'm surprised you didn't give a couple of other answers, but um, we've not done a lot of guesting. Um, we are available. Like, this is a good chance for us to shill ourselves. Like, come on, come sure. talk to us. Um, yeah. But, like, talk, talking about shared experiences is only my favorite thing in the world. So, please. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like obviously you said bravely distance. Uh, we have a mutual friend, um, Alex Inigo, who does Backlog Battle, and both um, right. Mike Solosi and I have been on an episode. I've been on YouTube, which is terrifying um, for this. So 
yeah, um, I was on an episode of Backlog Battle and we'll probably be on another one of those. Um, otherwise, it's just the rest of the RPG fan over really like Random Encounter, which is generally news, current gaming and just whatever we're playing and Rhythm Encounter, which has come and gone over the years, but it's back on like a steady run. Um, there'll be a f- episode or two out with me on probably when this goes up about some recent series that I've gotten back into uh, about music. Um, so on those, we talk about RPG music. Um, so yeah, I pop up on all the sites podcast essentially, and I'm always available to guests on other ones as well, like this and Backlog Battle. <laughs> nice. So, have you ever had guests on your episodes? And uh, if so, what are some of your favorite guests? This is probably more of a you question, Mike, because I haven't uh, interviewed no. anyone, but I know we've had a couple of people on. And I know uh, recently, 2020, beginning of 2020, we did a special episode for Cthulhu Does Calls Christmas or Does Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas. We had the two guys from Z-Boyd Games on that episode. Which gave me a, a chance to, you know, um, fangirl a little bit about the, uh, the the two penny arcade RPGs that they made, which are which mm-hmm. I b- both of which I really really liked. And I, I've done a couple interviews for uh, uh, when I because I started out with RPG fan as part of uh, the music section. We did a couple episodes of um, the music podcast Rhythm Encounter uh, where we did interviews, uh, and and those were really fun. But um, but usually Retro Encounter just sort of sticks with uh, people that are um, people that are part of the site that I sort of. Uh, that that I know and that we can you know have a lot of discussions before and after than uh, than surprising guests. But I, I am opening to having more guest-ish type of episodes on retro. Uh, so <laughs> maybe down maybe down the line. But I, I don't have very much to say other than that Z-Boyd episode. Which, which, which I, I really good. did enjoy that one because that came out. I think I I did the review for RP Gamer on that mm. and had it like two weeks before and finished it like the day before Christmas. So. No, that was a great game. I love those guys. I love their work. So yeah, and, that was and fun. Uh, um, we're actually bringing that back a little bit. Um, we're doing a, a couple episodes on Cosmic Star Heroine next month for Retro Encounter. Uh, total coincidence that we're talking about Z Void here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna, I am going to um, play through that game again for the podcast uh, probably in a few weeks. All right. Yeah, that was a good game. Eh, a little bit buggy on my Vita when I first got it, but it worked out. <laughs> I gave it a couple updates. Um, so you ever have a podcast that has absolutely just failed that you've had to re-record or just trash? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, we have, haven't we? I don't think I've ever been on one with you that has failed, but I know that you've had a couple. Um, one that I was yeah. on with one of um, our former, like, most prolific guests, Rob Ferner, um, our recording messed up halfway through. Um, and we realized and we were like, oh, goodness. And the thing is, is like that episode, I think it was the first RPGs episode that we did. Um, so what were your first RPG? Tell us about it. Um, that was an episode that scheduled people in four different time zones. Um, so one of them was in Korea and we had to reschedule for quite a ways back um it it happens like and i think rob in particular felt really bad about it um but yeah it's just one of those things that you have to deal with and it's really hard though because i know so you've had a couple like there's been a couple i remember symphony of the night was one wasn't it one of the earliest ones i remember Um, yeah it was in the first year of the podcast i wasn't on that episode but they had to completely redo and re-record that one also another one that i wasn't on uh but turned out very well anyway was uh one of the lufia two episodes um oh goodness yeah yeah, that, that leona was hosting and they had to redo that one um 
there's one episode that I, I don't want to say which one it is that the recording came out so <laughs> poorly. Um, there was there uh, like like they weren't able to record. It also had a, a huge cross Pacific to, um, time zone thing. So I ended up just editing these two mismatched tracks together as best I could and putting it out there. I'm not, I'm not gonna say which one it is, but I, that's when I sort of wish <laughs> we could right. go over. And um, Alana, I'm not sure if I told you this or not. Maybe myself or one of the other panelists did. But uh, but we've done four quiz show episodes for Retro Encounter, mm -hmm. and um and and they're they're uh, they're recorded in, in a segmented way so like it, it's not all one recording in one go but for yep. one of them i i realized that my recording had failed when we were part way through it so i i, I had so with my co-host and the contestants i ba we basically all said okay all right we're gonna start this one over we don't we're only eight questions in but we, we have to recreate those answers exactly okay so just so oh, we're, we're not, oh we're, no just, just, so, just so we're not compromised for uh for, for time or anything um Oh, no. uh, and, and it, it, it didn't end up affecting the outcome of the game, but I we did have to record about uh, maybe a full 10 minutes of a, of a quiz show episode. Which oh, was, gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's definitely not one that, of the ones I was on then. Uh, yeah, and Alana you, were, Alana, you were on two of them, so it should be easy to figure out <laughs> which one it was. I, I mean, I think I know what one it is, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I remember but, oh, I remember you have told me this before, yes. Oh, I, I did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But so, 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 yeah, I have had to re-record things. Um, and, and the podcast has even for episodes I wasn't on, but, uh, and there's, and there was one interview that I, that we did for Rhythm Encounter that, uh, we ended up getting completely deleted and I felt so bad about it that I, 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 I don't know, like I, I actually was like too embarrassed to talk to the guests about it afterwards. I don't, I don't even want to go into that. Uh, but then that was before Retro Encounter started. Um, but the, but yeah, we, we've had some die out or something that we had to re-record, but, um, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's ever set us back or made me want to quit. Even though some sometimes, if I'm you know editing an episode at 2 a.m. that that was due at midnight, and maybe, maybe then I feel like quitting sometimes. But I've I've managed <laughs> to keep it mostly weekly for a few years now. Nice. And Platy, you have some experience with that as well, right? Oh, we've had some uh, on the uh, RPG backtrack and RP Gamer. We've had some we had some problems. <laughs> I think that's why Phil finally was like, you know what? We're I'm gonna just stream because either I'm on or I'm off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I'll just stream if it's not working. I'll stream tomorrow. That's fine. No big deal. Um, no, we we ended up doing a Muso episode. I think we recorded five or six different nights, and it just wouldn't record, and it got deleted, <sighs> and just we kept redoing things and in the time that that got recorded phil <laughs> replayed one of the games and put like 60 hours into it in a month and by the time we recorded that spot the episode itself ended up being like six hours long it was oh my god kind of ridiculous at one point he's like so i think this is going to be six hours you guys want to record like a second ending and like we'll just split it up and we we're all like no no it's done just put it out there <laughs> So it's funny because you'll, uh, you'll hear people in hour one, like come back in hour five, talking about something else like the, the past four hours yeah. didn't occur because it was so I, I, I'm not a, uh, I, I, I'm not a Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors guy. So being stuck in a never-ending podcast about Muso feels like hell to me. Like that, that could be a circle <laughs> of like just It was me. only the licensed ones too. It was only what? Oh my God. Uh, oh, so you're getting into, Zelda the, into, into and... Pirate Warriors maybe? One, some One no. Piece action? Zelda, no, the Fire Quest, Emblem, Zelda, Dragon Fire Quest, Emblem. yeah. Oh, okay. I think that was Those it. I think we, All right. we spent six God. hours on like four games. I was going to say. 
It's like the Lord of the Rings extended edition of podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure we repeated ourselves multiple times because by the end of it, I mean, we were recording some parts almost a month after the beginning of others. And it was just like, whatever. We're, oh we're... God. I, I <laughs> we'll mean, just talk I, about I get, this again because who knows? I, I mean, I mean, I've broken this rule so many times that it that it makes me a complete hypocrite. But I always get nervous if a podcast goes longer than i don't i don't know 90 minutes because like i, I feel like man who wants to listen to an hour and 45 minutes about sorrow from dragon quest 4 or what have you and, I, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm usually wrong there is an audience and uh, and i i've never gotten a ton of complaints about the length of uh, episodes in retro but i i feel like that there's something just really just really nice about a podcast appearing on your feed and it says 55 minutes it's like oh Oh, yeah. that's great. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, in between a work meeting. Yeah, yeah that, right, that, that's right. an episode of Law and Order. That's nothing. Um, so nice. like, I, like 1.7 <laughs> speed, and it's over in half an hour. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. usually listen to podcasts around 1.2 because I, I, I don't notice the difference. Um, and, it, mm-hmm. and it adds up if you listen to po- hours and hours of them like I do. But Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, but but yeah, one point seven. Oh boy, that would I would I would have to replay things because I would I, uh, I I would lose track of of what people were saying. But I, I can yeah. work my way up to that with podcasts that I listen to frequently. Like okay, my mm-hmm. wife's even like, what do you do? I like she goes, it's just chipmunks at that point. I was like, no no no, no. <laughs> I got it. I, I know what that's like. <laughs> but I probably listen to like eighty hours of them on fifty other episodes. So. You know. Yeah, and again, I, I say I, I like I like meet short to medium sized episodes, but I definitely have listened to ten hours of Giant Bombs game. Yeah, game I was gonna year. say like <laughs> probably probably let's say seven of those years, eight of those years, some some uh, indefensible number. But uh, yeah, I, I think <laughs> like I like I, I like medium length episodes, but then I record long episodes anyway. I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> all right we're, we're gonna get to dragon quest 11 one i'll put these two questions together for each of you what what's your favorite part and what's the worst part about podcasting mm. huh. I'll, oh. I'll, I'll go first i think my favorite part about podcasting is is people and perspectives like because mm-hmm. um, my, my, my favorite thing again I, I i love a lot of different things i have diverse interests but I think the most fun part of all of my interests is talking about them with other people. I've always been like that. It's like uh, it, like going to the movie theater and seeing a movie is fun, but it's more fun when you see a movie with friends and then go out for ice cream and talk about the movie with uh, over ice cream. And like that's that, again, talking about shared experiences is my favorite thing. And the fact that I have an opportunity to run a podcast and talk to a bunch of fun, interesting, smart people and hear all the different perspectives. And there's always something that someone says that I never would have thought to say in every podcast that's just it it's it's great it's it's me taking in new information and new perspectives and 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 having fun celebrating or roasting whatever uh game or topic we're dealing with <laughs> so, so 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 my favorite thing is 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 the people and my my least favorite thing uh i mean i talked about late nights editing but i, I think that you know editing is part of the art of podcasting so i'm going to change my answer a little bit my uh my my least favorite thing is scheduling because mm. it's it, 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 I, I mean uh we, we've scheduled people from uh multiple parts of europe and uh and south korea and australia and both coasts and uh some and rpg fan has all kinds of people uh working there there's People like me that will call in sick to work to record a podcast if necessary, and other people that have very, very specific that have very specific times um, where they're available because they have kids or uh, or or um, sort so, sort of a rigid job schedule. And uh, so, like dealing with time zones and everyone schedules and trying to get the four people that signed up for an episode because because we have a we have sort of Google Docs and and Trello cards of of. Uh, it, 
where people say what episodes they're interested in. Um, like scheduling them can sometimes be a struggle, and uh, and it's it, it's always fun when everyone's in front of a microphone and we and we get to talking about something. But getting everyone to the microphone at a specific time can not be fun at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm going to riff off your good answer for both of mine, although I probably have a little bit of an easier job because. It, it retro is kind of your baby anyway so like i don't do a lot of some of the stuff that you do um my favorite part is similar to you um but in particular like i love it when i'm on an episode that i've played the game for and one person hasn't and i love watching <laughs> them and yes. they, they're like watching them like go through the motions i went through like six seven eight years ago like i'll get this in a couple of months and i get it so often and i'm like i can't wait until they hit this plot point this plot point i also like being on the receiving end of that and i always remember like them danganronpa in particular like slowly just going to us oh don't forget when you get to this bit let me know when you get to this <laughs> bit and i'm like yeah oh, why are you doing this it's like why why and i'm like really nervous and you get to that bit and you're like oh this is why then you just make a load of notes you're like we're gonna bring this up on the episode but yeah like i love it when people like very audibly and visually fall in love with something like it's really cool to see them like really develop some good thoughts on it i like being told when i'm wrong as well sometimes or when anybody else is wrong like i like to see that people disagree um as long as it's kind of healthy um but yeah i just love that kind of discussion element but mostly when people like it's really nice to see someone fall in love with something and think oh i don't want to say it's validating but like I, I guess it's validating, isn't it? Like, I was right all along. This was really good. Um, but um, the worst part of that for me is I don't host too often. Um, but when I do, like, I'm extremely conscious of, one, making sure people are comfortable. Like, I know some people, I can be like this. Some people are, like, really nervous on the microphone and things. And I really worry about them being left behind in the discussion. And that stresses me out. But I also maybe more i i don't want to say i'm a control freak but i might be a control freak and if things start to go off the rails i'm a little bit lost i'm like okay oh my god i need to pull it back in somehow and you're really good at this slow scene i think that's why you're such a good host is like you're good at like pull even though we can go off in like millions of different tangents like you're really good at bringing it back and that's something i really struggle with because i'm always like my note taking when i host is so like you know bullet points this that and that but yours is a lot more ad lib so it's like yeah i yeah i i i, I don't structure episodes rigidly i'll, I'll usually come up with a, a few bullet points but it'll be like probably less than 10 and they're more like you know they're like the pirate code they're more like guidelines and actual rules so, uh, <laughs> so yeah yeah I've, I've only i've only told that i've only told that joke to alana again 20 times again i only have like 11 things that i ever say but uh we'll get to dragon <laughs> quest 11 eventually i promise but um uh, I, i'm i'm really rigid about scheduling like i really care about getting the episode out every week but uh within the confines of the episode episode when i host which is which is most of the time I, I host most of the episodes of retro uh i i'm okay with uh with the conversation meandering as long as as long as we find our way to the uh, uh to the finish line at the end um mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm i'm definitely a control freak with parts of retro encounter but not not every second of it necessarily and and a lot of a lot is selling yourself short i mean i mean i i mean retro encounter is my baby it is what i do is it's 90 percent of what i do for rpg fan but alana is uh she takes part in almost every written feature she writes reviews she proofreads she was the oh reviews head for a while uh, like don't alana's not just i'm just a podcaster alana is a podcaster and more <laughs> i I know how uncomfortable this is making you yeah (laughs) oh oh, never mind 
Let's talk about Dragon Quest Eleven. Maybe. All right. So, All right. Yeah. I mean, Only... I guess. <laughs> go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say it, it took us more than sixty-nine minutes. That's okay. There uh, we go. Just... Bring that back to Liam's uh, six and nine. Well, but, I, I'm, I'm reminded of like the Game of Thrones episodes of uh, like South Park, where they're they're making fun of how long it takes the dragons to get to Westeros. Oh, so now here we are. Dragon Quest Eleven has, has arrived. Yeah, <laughs> has arrived in Westeros. <laughs> All right. So yeah, as a Dragon Quest podcast, we actually should talk about the game. Um, have loved getting to know you and some of the things about you, but we're here to cover Dragon Quest Eleven, Eleven, Eleven S whatever you played um, tonight. So, Liam, what, what do we got as our first question for everybody? Uh, so when did you first play Dragon Quest XI? Oh, uh, you go first. I think we're both yeah. at the same time. Yep, uh, I, I think so too, because I mean, we were talking about it as we were playing it at roughly the same time. Um, it, it came out in September 2018 in North America, where I live. And uh, in the, right when it came out, I was playing another game for the Retro Encounter podcast. Me too. <laughs> and, I, and, I was, and I was really concerned about not finishing that game in time. So I, I pledged to myself, all right, I'm going to finish Suikoden 2 and then record two podcasts about it. And then after I roll credits on Suikoden 2, I'll finally play Dragon Quest XI, which taunted me from my coffee table for about two weeks before I finally got into it. So look at the North American release date, add two weeks, and that's when I started playing it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was a little bit after you. I picked it up on release day. Um, I started in early October 2018, so like it was after um, the same podcast and after a vacation and played the bulk of it after a breakup. So it was a pretty good game to play around that time. Um, <laughs> also platinumed it in 99 hours. So yeah. Wow. One of the, yeah. I, I also... I also Platinum the mid. Uh, okay, I, I can't. I can't verb today. Apparently, um, I, I got. I also got the platinum trophy on it, but I. I don't remember the hour count. I think my final hour count was in the one ten, one fifteen range. Ooh, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, but I, I'd, I'd have to check. Liam, did you platinum it? <laughs> you know, I did not. <laughs> uh, I have. Uh, I, I've I only have... platinumed about ten games ever, mm-hmm. and I think more than half of them are visual novels where you get the platinum trophy by seeing all five endings or what have you. So it's it, it's uncommon that I platinum something, but for me, Dragon yeah. Quest Eleven was worth it. Yeah, me yeah. too. I do plan on platinuming them. Plat- platinuming them <laughs> at See, some it's point. Hard. It is <laughs> difficult. Not it an is. easy word. <laughs> no. Uh, I just call. It, I'm just going to say platying them. Um, I, platinuming, platinuming, I still can't say it when I try to think it, um, uh, all the Dragon Quest games I can, except for Dragon Quest Heroes 1, because that's a pain in the ass boss fight for Zoma, but, uh, yeah. uh, I, I really honestly only have two Platinums, and it's Shovel Knight and Day of the Tentacle, um, and hey. that's because I've played those games so much that just, uh, by the time I got to the PS4, I was just breezing through them. Um, yeah, uh, words of the wise, um, get the uh, Nonary Games collection uh, for, mm-hmm. for PS4, because that's uh, just beating both games and and uh, finding everything in each puzzle gets you the platinum. It's, it's a, oh, those nice. Games are, those games are amazing, and they're a very nice, easy, gettable platinum. Mm. Um, but I also have kids, and uh, right. I can definitely say <laughs> there are certain Dragon Quest titles that came out around the time each of my kids was born, and I oh, haven't gosh, played... Yeah. I haven't played them as much as I've wanted, so I'm hoping when the new Switch comes out and I get that finally after all these years, uh, I'll have some more time to play. You know, Dragon Quest Heroes 2 and Dragon Quest Builders 2, um, and uh, and hopefully 
whatever platinum equivalent on Switch. <laughs> get get that. Um, Did you play eleven yeah. when it came out, Liam? Eleven, the original. Take a while. Yeah. No, no, I played it right when it came out because I oh, I okay. bought the PS4. I had the PS4 specifically for uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, mm-hmm. um, and that I that I I was just recently uh, remembering. I I had the game like two three weeks before I had the system because I couldn't afford the system yet. So everyone's like talking about how much they love Dragon Quest Heroes, and I'm like, damn it, I can't play it yet. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a, a pretty sizable amount of consoles I've started buying specifically for Dragon Quest games. Um, not everyone, but but a handful of them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not a one I'm not a one system uh, gamer like or I should say one game per system guy. Like I, before I get a system, there has to be at least five to ten games I want to play on it because otherwise mm-hmm. I, I I can't just yeah. the cost. Right. But, uh, but but I mean. One of my friends bought a Switch just to play Monster Hunter Rise earlier this year. So I, I, know, I know people are out there. It's just, it's just a, a different mindset than me, I'm afraid. Yeah, and I'm the same way, too. It's just that if there's a Dragon Quest game, that number five gets reduced to one. <laughs> <laughs> For me, Dragon Quest maybe counts as two games, but I, yeah. I, I can't say, I can't say I'm, I'm quite that level of dedication. <laughs> yeah your yeah. discussion just reminded me i actually have played builders too because i actually reviewed it for rpg fan <laughs> hmm. oh. oops oops yeah i like that game a lot less than most people though so maybe maybe we shouldn't say anything about that hmm. I, I had not played one until i mean i played around with it a little bit and just not really enjoying it i didn't i didn't want the review code for builders too i was like oh, let somebody who's actually gonna play this and hopefully they like it <laughs> and then like the second somebody took the review code i was like oh cool so i ended up with the via of all things plowing Ooh. through the first builders in 10 nights and then immediately went into number two and over the course of you know about five weeks played 100 hours of those games Jeez, yeah it was a little better i had fun yeah. with it but i never went back i'm like nope i i, I, I I'm no Minecraft person. I'm no builder. I, that's just not yeah. the way. I love the Liam creativity. I, yeah, no, yeah. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love the creativity. Passes. I love the creativity, but I suck at it. Yep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we, we we've done our our joke a couple of times that we just build dirt castles. But if you go to the Facebook group. Uh, for Dragon Quest Builders, they have some, and we've mentioned this a bunch of times too. They have some of the most ridiculously amazing <sighs> designs, like beautiful. Like these people, uh, they should be in architecture and structural engineering if they if they're not in real life because they they've cr- like crafted some amazing amazing designs. They're talking like cathedrals and like uh, giant castles. I've seen some stuff that's like in the sky. Like they built it in the sky. They probably built like platforms to get up to it and then destroyed the platforms. And now you've got like a a big uh, castle in the sky, or, so they're, or... They're, they're building their own Zenithia, essentially. Yeah, yeah. there you Pretty go. Much. Yeah, um, and it's some of them just the most beautiful things. And a handful of times, I'm even like, "Is that Dragon Quest Builders too?" And it ends up being <laughs> yes. It is. <laughs> it's uh, some of the designs and, and the people. It's it's a real talent for creativity uh, in that group, and um, it's something I haven't seen in the other Minecraft type of build type games. Um, but well, uh, I'm sure it's out there. We, we don't exactly hang out on the Minecraft servers. Though. That's true. But I mean, like gra- <laughs> I'm talking like like graphical representation of it, like the, the builders who is really taking it to uh, mm. the next the next level. Yeah. I, I, I do not count myself among those creative types that can create impressive things in builder type games. But one person on RPG fan 
Uh, I believe he, I believe Dragon Quest Builders 1 and 2 are the only Dragon Quest games he's played. Correct. He's, uh, I know who you're uh, talking about, yeah. Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a secret, but we'll, we'll, we'll let him keep his privacy here. But, uh, but the, it's, um, I mean, that's not a choice I, that's not a choice I would make, but uh, I also love seeing the incredible stuff people can create in games like Builders 2 and and uh, Minecraft and even The Sims. It's a, it's it's a different it's a different kind of brain than I have though. So I, I'm not I'm not uh, I I haven't finished either Builders game although I do own the first one. <laughs> All right. Well, bringing this back to uh, Dragon Quest. <laughs> oh 11. right, Dragon Quest Eleven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all right. See, we get off track here. It's fine. It's fine. We can bring it back though. Favorite characters from Dragon Quest Eleven. What do you like? It's <laughs> a really easy answer, oh, isn't there? No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's one person who was just a delight every single moment there on screen. <laughs> the smiling knight. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I mean, he's here to he's he's here to bring back smile. sunshine. He's here to bring back sunshine and, and laughter to the land. Yes, <laughs> yes. So Silvando is pure joy in vid- in video game side character form, and and he's your best source of like oomph spells. And group heals for a while too, so it's it's not it's not like you're it's not like he's a total gimmick. Um, again, because he is so flamboyant and silly, I think it would have been easy and lazy to make him like a joke character who is like who's kind of like you know like like a Dragon Quest three goof goof off that uh, that maybe can't turn into a sage. Like that that would be useless. But no, they made him they made him strong and smart and likable and uh, like in both in the context of the game and in the context of of playing the game and Silvando is just the best it's it, I'm, I, this is a pro Silvando house I'm afraid it, mm. forever no, yeah we're that way too yeah oh yeah they balance that positivity out so well don't they because it could be really overbearing like we've seen even in Dragon Quest we've seen so many characters like be that positive and that peppy and like they just do it so well with Silvando like he's positive but he can get serious about it and mm. He like everybody just accepts that for who he is. Like it's just really great. I think it's handled really well in the story as well. And yeah, I mean, come on, that that parade, that parade is just phenomenal. Is it <laughs> yeah, not? Like, right. and, and right right before the parade, um, Hendrick is in your party, and yep. he and, yes. and, 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 and when he and when he recog- <laughs> when he realizes that he that Silvando was his former school friend, the look of shock on his face is one of the best faces in the whole game. Yes. Like, like, what did you like, What did you do with your life, Hendrick? <laughs> yeah, it's like 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 shocked, devastated Hendrick is just. Yeah. And, and Hendrick hadn't even been with you that long, but. That just immediately made right, me like right. Hendrick more, seeing him interact with Silvando. <laughs> yeah, there is this weird, this is like hilarious moment where he's like, "You two are a- acquainted," or something like that, where he's just like so confused. <laughs> uh, like, there's just a whole like confused sexuality thing going on <laughs> with him. <laughs> and and oh man, I thought uh, later in the game when uh, there's a side quest, we're actually as part of the main quest where uh, Silvando has to confront his dad and reconnect with him somewhat. I was yeah. really worried. That it was going to be like mm-hmm. an uh, it, it was going to be a, a really awkward talk about um uh-huh. about about Silvando's flamboyance uh-huh. and uh, and and possibly his sexuality that would play out like a like a poorly handled episode of a sitcom but <laughs> but but no it um like like they they said that they're like they're like father son and the father's like so have you accomplished your goal yet because you're still a knight and Silvando's like oh you've 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 always thought the same way about me and it's actually just beautiful and wholesome and you get on with your quest and. Then Silvando's dad has to babysit Silvando's entire entourage, which is another, <laughs> another, yeah. another great, uh, 
another great shocked reaction moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, all those things are great. And honestly, Silvando, he he's the uh, he's the number one for me in this game. I, yeah. I'm second act. Serena is oh, yeah. right there. Yeah. With him. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. For the for the, your ten hours or so of Super Serena. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she's got a lot going on in that act too. So uh, emotionally, but yep. I mean, honestly, that doesn't play out anywhere else. Silvando is all the way straight through, just yeah. amazing. And what's love- funny is, um, my uh, out of nowhere, my five-year-old the other day is really like, "Daddy, when we get home, I want to play Dragon Quest 11 I'm like, "What?" Like, <laughs> like "Lead like, on, darling." so loaded up the save from december of 2018 and just letting him at like level 85 walk around and go kill things and he does not like Silvando because he doesn't do the best moves in the game. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't? He's well, yeah, you know what? Like, well. there, I, I'm so over-leveled and everywhere I just let him run around and I just have it set to auto-battle for everybody. Because, uh, I mean, he's five. Uh, he just wants to run around yeah. and play. Well, yeah. so Savando's a, a bit of a, a jack of all trades kind of character. Yep. He's really, really right. useful, but he doesn't he doesn't have explosive spells like Third Act Veronica. Yeah. Or right. or, yep. or or everything that Jade can yeah. do like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, so yeah, it's pretty was... funny that he and then he complains that Hendrick never does anything because he's the slowest. <laughs> so and, slow, yeah. Like right. he's running around as like 85, 89 level characters. No matter where I put them, I mean, right. They're beating, You're one like, hitting. People. Yeah, yeah, yep. you're one hitting before Hendrick can actually move. Yeah. That's <laughs> but uh, you, you mentioned Veronica. Uh, Veronica is actually one of my favorites as well. It's she's kind of that uh, what the what are they called Sundere characters done right? Yeah. Uh, you know, because she's got the she's got the attitude of a Maribel, but it's not annoying. You know, she oh, and yeah. she's got a backstory, and it's interesting. Like the whole like the the monsters tried to suck her magic, but they sucked her age, and then she can't. She has to like regrow, but she's an adult mind in a child's body. It's like it's it's amazing. She's like she's a twin, but she doesn't look like a twin anymore. <laughs> uh, and so like the whole the whole character i'd be pissed off too if i had to read re, you know if people are treating me like a child but i'm like a mind's uh, i'm an adult mind and child's body i'd be that i'd be that way too but uh yeah so what, what are you guys thoughts on veronica i like veronica a lot yeah i particularly i think serena and veronica with what happens to them as well like they work really well as a sibling duo and i think i don't know whether i'd like veronica less if she didn't. I'm assuming spoilers are on the table, right? Everyone listening oh, yeah, to this should have right played Dragon yeah. Quest XI. I'm I mean, if we, we, we've already mentioned it. We've already mentioned that Hendrick joins the party, so that's a spoilers at, at least after hour 45 or something. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> a character joining the party is less of a spoiler than a character dying, right? Like, um, mm. but yeah, like Veronica's death at the end of Act One is like I don't know whether I would. I, like I found her complaining a tiny bit annoying, but like I think the whole getting her back in Act Three and then reliving it all again, like really, yeah. really helped her character like a ton. And I think she's great. Yeah, yeah. I love sibling dynamics in RPGs anyway. So Serena and Veronica just being opposites of each other is perfect. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and- I mean, Dragon Quest Eleven's probably got one of the. It's probably got one of the best RPG casts ever anyway. So like, I think everyone's a bit of a winner. Um, yeah. I, I love all eight of them. I, I, yeah. I really do. And uh, and like Veronica is the char- kind of character that like I, I going into this is like, oh, I'm not going to like this one. Like I, I never like the little right. kids characters in, in right. Trails games or Tales games or uh, or any a lot of games that rhyme with ales probably. But uh, <laughs> but, like, but 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 she ended up being 
um, you know, like sassy and talkative, but not yeah. in a way that really got under my skin. And if you had told me at the beginning that, oh, one of these characters is going to die tragically and it's going to be a bit and uh, at, 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 at around the midpoint, I'm not sure I would have guessed Veronica. She's almost like the kind of yeah. character that you that you expect to react to a death rather than be the one that you lose. And it right. really comes as a shock because you're you're basically uh, reassembling your party bit by bit. Um, well, it, it's almost like Dragon Quest Four, where you like you meet you meet the new guy Hendrick, and it then sort of and then you sort of recruit them in reverse, re-recruit them in reverse order, almost. Right, right. Um, mm -hmm. And but and but then like getting to uh, is it Arborea? Um, uh, it's, it's, yeah, that's, it's yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Their yeah, hometown, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, getting to their hometown or just outside their hometown, expecting Veronica to be at the gate ready to rejoin, and instead seeing her corpse is oh, just God, such a, is, yeah. is, 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 a, is such a brutal moment, and I, and I think it enhances her. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, this is maybe going on a sidetrack a little bit, and I apologize, but uh, like Dragon Quest Eleven to me. It has a it's it's a game with a lot of regret in it like and there's and there's a lot of like uh, like like grandpa regret energy in it because the uh, because like you, there's the scene where Rab is like mourning what happened to his daughter and their and their kingdom and uh, and all the scenes with uh, the flashbacks with Serenica um, devastated about what happened between her and Urge when um, if I'm getting his name right and uh, and 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 again the uh, the subtitle of the game is in search of lost time which you know it got translated as uh, echoes of an elusive age and is the same title as the marcel proust uh, novel that also has a lot of flashback and regret in it and like the opportunity to see to see this play out in act two and then like and 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 have all these bad feelings and negative feelings about what happened to the world and then getting the opportunity to fix it in act three and creating yeah. a timeline yeah. timeline where Amazing. veronica can, can be alive again it's like yep. you, it, it's a lot of people that I know that the nature of actually rubs some people the wrong way. But I think that giving an opportunity to make the world like to bring sunshine back into the world like Silvando wants and give Veronica a life again, I think, is is one of the is is, a, is such a big part of the story that just yeah. makes me like that makes me like Veronica way more. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like the perfect quantum leap moment. Where you're putting putting uh, right what once went wrong. And they treat um, it with seriousness, too, because when you're when yeah. you're about to go back. Like your 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 team like tries to stop you, and they're like, "Hey, think about this. This is like, like you, you could be screwing up with time itself. That that's that's a bad look." <laughs> hey, it's think about this. You could be screwing up back to Serena. Right. <laughs> think about this. Like, see, like Serena's uh, skill tree will never be the same. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and it never was. It never was. No. Um. Uh, yeah. So sorry for jumping ahead so much like that. Oh, but yeah, right. Veronica's cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they're all great. I think one person who maybe it's a bit more flack, and maybe one of the characters. Like, if I think if you told me any of the characters were going to die, like I probably would have assumed it was Eric, right? Yeah. I really, That's really, re I really, really like Eric a lot. Actually, mm. not just because, like, I mean, if you want to talk about breaking the game, then if there's a one character who can break the game, it's Eric. But like, um, if you, if you want single target target damage, he is your man that, that yep. is for damn sure oh yeah 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 um but yeah i just really like and i'm i'm, I'm kind of amazed that like him and his sister might get like a spin-off game or are gonna get a spin-off game out of it mm -hmm. but like i really like the story with mia and guild digger like the sniffleheim arc is really good and it really like up until that point i really like the buddy dynamic between him and the luminary anyway um but like 
I just really liked it. I really, really enjoyed giving getting him getting like a bit of emotional depth as well. Um, so yeah, I think he's a little bit underloved, and I I really like him. He's great. Yeah, there's there's a huge, especially on Instagram. There's a huge like Eric Stan community. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know of some people who ship the Luminary and Eric as well. So it's like, oh, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah. if we get in the fanfic, you're, you're gonna have a lot of Eric. Yeah, Eric and, yeah, and Hendrick, Hendrick in the Luminary as well. Oh yeah, I can, oh, see, I can that. see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's another episode. So moving on. Uh, so the music has always seemed to catch flack in this in this uh, game. Do you do you feel it's warranted? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I think I think I do. I mean, I I could I, I could throw shade at Sugiyama all day for yep. for various reasons, but both because like his um his his soundtrack work has you know over the years games have had almost fewer original songs mm-hmm. and 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 that was yeah. less imagination and then there's a, and then going into him as a person is is not a great look either. Yeah. Uh, um, but and I mean, I thought it was disappointing that a lot of really exciting scenes in Dragon Quest XI that could have really used dynamic music just had the same track you've heard 20 times play through it anyway. And some oh. of the best music in Dragon Quest XI are arrangements of older pieces, like uh, yep. the, the, cast, the castle music oh, from Dragon Quest V is the, the metal music. castle music. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In, in the in the Academy de Medaille or whatever That's it is. That's it. So yeah. the, uh, right. so like like the fact that so much music is reused and the track list isn't very long, and and sometimes the music almost feels like it clashes with the scene instead of if it had been written dynamically or or written in a more tailored way could have been uh really awesome it make, makes me you know it's like you know square enix works with a lot of talented composers like right. how how old are you sugiyama retire already hey hey in, in, yeah. in 2019 the emperor at retired instead of waiting until he died so these days you know yeah, we, we have popes and enter and emperors retiring so maybe maybe a composer could consider that as well just right. just saying Maybe, just potentially. Yeah, you stole basically my thunder there. I think, like, <laughs> it deserves the flack, but I think it's mostly because I, I don't know how many tracks are on the Dragon Quest XI soundtrack, and maybe this is coloured even more by the fact that, like, I haven't played S, and I haven't listened to a ton of the orchestrated music. But also, imagine your first Dragon Quest game being a... Because f- Dragon Quest Eight came out on the PS2 with the fully orchestrated soundtrack. And then none of the others have had that since until 11S. So it's like, I was spoiled out of the gate. And then every game since I've had to be like, oh, well, I guess I'll just have MIDI trumpets for the rest of my life. Like, it's just... (laughs) um, The world map theme in particular, I cannot stand because you hear it for about 70 hours. And it's like... Mm. And then it changes. I'm like, oh, this is different. No, it's still bad. Like, But like, (laughs) I... Yeah, I think it's what's like Mike said, it is more about quantity. Like, I, that, it feels like there's only like 10 or 15 tracks sometimes because some of them sound really similar. And another one of the, I think the Hotto music is also from Dragon Quest 3, isn't it? Or it's from another yep, game. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's um, the Japang the theme. Yeah, that's like one of the um, yeah, that's one of the only other ones that I really like. Um, but yeah, like the towns all having the same music, which again is another Dragon Quest thing. Like the town music from Dragon Quest Eight is great, um, but like yeah, it, it's it's a mix of like the fact that we got the lower quality version in the first place, and then. Mm-hmm you're reusing the same music over and over and over again for an 100 hour rpg when you know these <laughs> games used to be like maybe 30 40 hours tops so mm. 
yeah, I, I do think it is warranted. I don't think it takes away too much. I think the emotional impact, yeah, sometimes, but it, it's never gone on in the way of total enjoyment for me. Whereas I know some people have literally stopped playing the game because of the music. And I'm like, but everything else is so good. You could just yeah, exactly. It's it's an even more obvious like turd in the punch bowl because Dragon <laughs> Quest Eleven nails it. I, I so, do not want to go so to a potluck with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty. Sure. I bet. I bet Silvando put the turd in the punch bowl. Yeah, right. Oh my god. With his with his bare hands. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's like like no that that that's not that's not uh, Sherbert in there. But anyway, um, like like because Dragon Quest Eleven nails it on almost every other point. The fact that the music is such a disappointment uh, is even the is all the more obvious. And mm. again, like just just consider retirement, Sugiyama-san. <laughs> He's got so many more people to piss off. Right. <laughs> just, just don't, just like when the when the interview cycle for Dragon Quest Twelve has, I hope they don't ask him any questions about you know imperialism in Japan. Oh <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah. I wonder with Dragon Quest Twelve though, because a lot of people are already worried. It seems to be going in a different direction. They actually will take the leap maybe well, I, 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 mean, I don't okay, know we, we barely have a logo and a subtitle i know i know people are getting fun. way ahead of themselves so yeah. ahead of themselves i think i think he needs to take the leap uh into the yep. next uh <laughs> into the next world <laughs> i was wondering where you were gonna go with wow. that yeah wow. <laughs> i i think well, no i honestly think he's gonna stick around until like yeah he's, I do too, he's a lifer he's a lifer he's uh <laughs> He's going to be ruining <laughs> Dragon Quest music. A few hours, you know, tweaking a few old songs, then yeah, I mean, right, yeah. why not? Sure. That's true. They should just bring in not a new like composer. Put and a lot then of effort just, into doing it. Yeah, license him for the beginning, the opening track, and then I mean, just look, bring look, in a new composer. If the Final Fantasy uh, Pixel Remasters are any indication, Square Enix has a lot of people they can call to remix old music from the 16-bit era and oh, 8-bit yeah. era and, ma and make it incredible. So yeah. I, I, I think he would be so easy to replace yeah. Because because of Square Enix's track record, um, uh, that I that it, it's completely on him, which is why yeah. I'm only encouraging him to maybe spend some time with his grandchildren. Or you know what? Don't don't even tell him. Just he was like, oh yeah. no, no, Eleven's oh, gonna no. be the last one, man. Yeah. Can hey, thanks, thanks for the tracks, <laughs> and then don't use any of them. Hire a new composer. He's not gonna play the game. He's like in his nineties. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> You're obligatory. Bury that one. Bury him. Bury it. Nice. So, oh, you know man. what? Thinking about it. We're, we're, we're just laughing bury that one alive. We're, we're just we're just laughing at each other roasting someone that isn't here. We're, this is the Statler yeah. and Waldorf of Simon well, episodes. Yep. Yeah, he's welcome to come on if he wants to. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We'll throw that open invitation out there. Um, so, I, a lot of you already said this, but uh, have anyone has played Dragon Quest XI uh, S? I really want to. I technically own it because I have an Xbox, so I have it on Game Pass. Um, mm -hmm. I really, really want to. Maybe I will. Maybe 
maybe me and my partner could do that at some point actually because i don't think either of us have replayed it but oh that's a good idea but yeah like i i haven't played it it's slow see if you played it i, I don't think you uh, have no have you? i i have not i uh, i own it on switch it is uh, on my shelf but um i have not gotten to it yet i do not know when i'll get to it yet but i i, lo- I love that game so much that um the I, I will feel the the siren song uh, sometime, mm-hmm. but I I can't say when because I I, I uh, boy I, I have like three games I'm supposed to play for the podcast in in five weeks, so it's just not going to be this year, I think. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like you too, I play a lot of so many different games that it's like hard to be like, okay, let me let me just pencil this one in for another hundred hours. Right. right yeah, we um, could play the two D version, which is apparently way shorter. Like we could play it all in whatever the original. Well, it's not even the DS. And you know what? It is shorter, but I got caught up. So I I did play it. I I played it. um, I haven't even reached the end of Act 1, and I'm 25 hours in. Oh, God. But But, I will say the casino took a lot of that. Oh, okay, right. I think probably five of those 25 hours were was while we've been podcasting, I would just be like, oh, let me pick this up and do some casino work while we're uh, just recording tonight. And it was always 11S. Like that, I'll just do that. I mean, that is appealing in some way, but then I won't see Hendrix's dumb face when he realizes who Zlavando is. <laughs> and uh, I'm oh, not sure what sacrifice true. I'm willing to make. You get a little bubble, though, with like an exclamation mark or something. You can do the imagination <laughs> work. Come on. <laughs> all right, all right. That's, that's intriguing. When you when you play the 2D mode, is the voice acting still there? I'm just... Nope. I don't think oh, it, right. no, okay, yeah. I, yeah, I can't that imagine would, that. That would, be, that would be inauthentic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Re- retro experience. <laughs> And then and no dancing be... animations either. Oh. But horse racing. Oh, yeah. Horse 2D racing. horse racing. The horse but it's racing not. Is... It's not. It's not 2D. Yeah. No, they just. It yanked uh... you right back into the 3D. <laughs> what? Like yeah. And I'm, I'm interested to go the whole way and be like, okay, well, what else does this? Well, because that was jarring. It's just, it's too difficult to render 2D horse racing. Right. <laughs> just take Excite Bike. It's not like the end of horse right in there. That would be amazing. A reskinning of Excite Bike with a horse. Oh, my at, God. At the, at the, at the same speed. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean, they made so much for that that uh, it it blows my mind that they probably. I mean, some intern could have probably done that, like in a week. Oh, hey, buddy, we, we just need a horse. Like, it doesn't have to be the same path. It doesn't have to be the same anything. Just here's a horse sprite. Nice. You got Silvando. It, it's like the it's like the opposite of uh of the the South Park Stick of Truth game where it where at one point in the game it, you're suddenly transported into an eight bit world. This time yeah. they suddenly transport <laughs> you back into into 2017 3D when when you're when yeah. you're playing uh, in a 16 bit approximation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So none of us have really put much time into it. No, I mean, like I said, I got uh, I got all the party members, but that was it. That's that's as far as I've made it. And yes, it did feel a lot shorter. I I think I just spent time grinding more than I needed to, needed to, and the casino sucked me up. But yeah, maybe that would have gotten me going quicker. And then you get the whole um, the side quests with the uh, the little guys, the tackles. Oh yeah, that, revisiting the, the old games. games. Yeah. Yeah. So that <gasps> takes time. So that yeah, they, they, that's they removed it. They removed a few that. things. Like the, the the crossbow shooting quest isn't in the game anymore. But then they give right. you a whole. And they give you this whole new uh, collection and a new town to visit, so it's uh, it, it's 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 not like a total loss. No, 
No, I think, and you get the orchestral music, mm-hmm. and and, and I think more side quests and more and more equipment. So it's it's uh it, it's it's probably the definitive way to play the game now. But yeah, I, there's more uh, dress up too. Yeah, is there a two D mm-hmm. fish mode when you're in fish mode? Oh, I, I guess know. you won't know yet, would you? Yeah, one of, right. other, one of the other best surprise faces in the game. Was <gasps> suddenly, boom! You're a fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now we got a we got a luminary fish plushie. That's a thing. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> that's fabulous. Oh, that's totally a thing. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so what what uh what are uh, your most uh, memorable in-game moments playing Dragon Quest Eleven? Good grief! Wow. Um, um, one that happened to me very early was uh um you briefly go back in time and visit your adoptive grandfather Chalky. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who, who, uh, yeah. He, yeah. He he tells you where he hid some of your uh, belongings that you had as a as a baby, and you you needed to sort of find out where you have to go next, and and that's nice. But I was not expecting this incredibly resonant, sentimental moment uh, only a few hours in where you're <gasps> talking to the younger version of yourself and then your grandfather who who just has, you know, who seems like the nicest old man ever, ever uh, in, in the history of fiction, instantly recognizes you, realizes that something uh, supernatural is happening and is just so immediately accepting of you. It's like, it's like, it's like is this game going to make me like well into tears because I meet my grandpa five hours in? This is like, what nonsense is this? And um, <laughs> like, I, I realized that I was and then I was about to get into something really special when a small moment like that hit me so early on. Mm. Right, yeah. That game does flashbacks really well because, like, one of my favorite parts of the game is when you get to the kingdom and, like, I've forgotten all the names of the places, but, like, when you have the flashbacks with, like, the Luminary's parents and with Jade, mm-hmm. like... All and, of and, that. And, and Rab, Rab remembering, remembering his and daughter. Rab, it's, it's, yeah, Rab yeah. remembering his daughter. again. I swear, Yuji yeah. Hori read Remembrance of Things Past like six yep. years ago and then made this <laughs> game with, 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 oh, with yeah. flashbacks in, in mind. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, it just does it so many times, like with Eric and his sister. It does it with Rob. It does it with Hendrik, I think, a few times. It's with Silvando. Yeah, this yeah. game just really knows how to like make, make every character and every moment matter. Um, like, I... <sighs> I'm just trying to think of anything more specific other than like obviously and all the flashbacks with Serenica again like Serenica for a character who's only on screen for like a few hours is like one of my favorite characters in the game because she's Mm. just I just love that relationship they build up with those four characters and then obviously the twist where it's like oh one of them's the bad guy at some point so you know um yeah, it just does all of that so well. But um, I mean, it's like simple things like killing your first metal slime again. Like the the, the time where you can realize you can exploit like the pep system um to like absolutely just destroy. Like use it, it's um who has the copying skills? Is it Jade um or is it Eric? One of them's got the skill where they can like turn everything to a particular enemy. And you're supposed to like turn them all into like the mud hands oh. or the metal slimes. Yeah, I, I think I think it was a it was a triple skill. That's right. And uh, it. yes, and, it is. Yeah, it, it's, it's you do a couple of triple skills in a row, and I, th- I think it's like Eric, Jade, Hero, and Silvando all working together at different points, and then yeah. uh, it, it, you have about a, a two thirds or three quarters chance of having them appear all as metal slimes, and 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 which grade of metal slime depends on your character levels, and mm-hmm. then after that you just have to go for a critical hit bonanza to see if you can kill them all before they decide to to skip town. Um, but it's mm-hmm. yeah, like, like th- it's a super specific way to gain a bunch of levels at once. 
but it's a setup that's I don't I don't think it, I don't think it's that uh, I don't think it's that cumbersome. It's 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 sort of no, fun. I, when, it, it is. I mean, it's awesome when you pull it off, and it's sort of fun to set up too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's, like, it's it's a grind, but it's a fun grind in this game. I, I never I never got sick of it until until it was over, and then I was definitely ready to play something else. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. I think every every grind in a Dragon Quest game to me is like a fun grind, <laughs> even like maxing all the job classes in six or seven well i haven't got there quite Ooh. with seven i haven't gotten there so with seven but you know, know. It's, it's on the to-do list um but yeah uh i think the, my my most memorable in-game moment is the very first time i i i uh, was playing it and i realized like wow some of these plot twists that are coming into play really felt very much like dungeons and dragons um in oh, a way yeah. that previous games haven't but just like even that first time when you go visit the king and he suddenly throws you in prison and then you're in like going through the caves with eric and you're finding dragons around the corner and stuff and everything just seemed so uh so very much like uh, you're playing a D campaign in a way that previous games haven't um and i i thought it was a very refreshing new uh take for the series mm, i think something that you said earlier mike was that a lot of people didn't like part three and like we've got people on staff who didn't but like i almost don't like part two i certainly don't like the ending i think if dragon quest 11 i, I think people saying that like act three is the post game it, it's not it's it's the rest of the game like it's vital <laughs> um like the ending to the part two is so unsatisfying because you're still you there's still yeah. unresolved it's deliberate there's still yeah. unresolved things like it's absolutely yeah. deliberate but like yeah like act three just wrapping everything up and then delivering that credit sequence like when i played dragon quest oh, 11 I'd, I'd only played nine and eight so like four and five have come since then i watched that credit sequence and like felt every single moment from every single game like even though i'd only mm -hmm. played like two of them at that point so it's like it, it just again like it evokes memory so well it just does flashbacks and it does like nostalgia so well it's so good yeah, it, it, it's, so, <laughs> it's so sentimental and celebratory mm. that, that if you have any feelings at all for dragon quest then that ending credit scene after act three is is a gut punch it is awesome i mm. uh I, I, but again this game like because it has you know, it's about people processing regret and trying to like fix the past or or or, or make up for something they lo they lost. It, it, it's a very sentimental game in some ways, and that the fact that Act Two is um is is takes you to such a low, and Act Three is deliberately tying up loose ends and fi and fixing what was broken ma makes it ma makes it just very very powerful and positive to me i i think that act three is crucial to dragon quest 11 and i and mm -hmm. uh, i have had to defend it you know like uh, as much as i I'm, i mean i find defending points online exhausting i'm not i mean i'm not uh i'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, a, I'm, not, a, I'm not a 24 year old idiot, right i'm not a 24 year old idiot on final fantasy forums anymore so I, but, uh, but, but I, I am a, an, a Dragon Quest Eleven Act Three supporter. Same mm -hmm. here. Well, that's why we all podcast. <laughs> Nobody talks back to us right now. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Somebody may add, add us yeah, tomorrow yeah. or something, but yeah, the, the, there's nobody's here I, now. Yeah, right. And there's a reason that I'm a podcaster and not a streamer because, uh, like, oh the, the, idea, the idea of, of reacting to an audience live is. <laughs> 
Um, it's, it's, it's like, like, no, I want to, I want to have my talk with my friends and and then maybe curate, curate it and clean it up a little bit. It's, uh, uh, oh, how to put this? Um, oh, I, I had something I wanted to say. What was it? Forget it. It's gone. Um, but the, <laughs> see, because we're on a podcast, you can edit all that out and it'll, there and the are. conversation will, will flow much better, but, yeah, oh, and we I, won't. Right, but but, but like playing, in R- <laughs> yeah, but playing an RPG is a very private experience for me, and then talking about it is is definitely a social experience. So I, I like keeping those separate. So, but uh, so podcasting about games is much more appealing to me than streaming games. And uh, and the idea of playing through Dragon Quest Eleven Act Three while the comments section was saying how Act Three is trash and shouldn't be in the game, it just does not sound fun at all to me, even one percent. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll kind of bring this to a close here we we've talked about you guys for a while talked about 11 a little bit so uh maybe i'll try to wrap these up into two different things and i know you both uh fought for something recently on one of your podcasts <laughs> oh <laughs> we did oh, oh yes, okay did. yeah I, remember, I, know, I know i remember yeah that one yep so where do you th- to where would you rank this among Dragon Quest games and where would you rate this say in the past like 20 years among RPGs? Let, let's throw out all the classics from the 80s and 90s. Let's So, we, so we right around debate right Final around, Fantasy 4. <laughs> yeah, but right around Final Fantasy 10 onward actually would be 20 years. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Ooh, I mean it's definitely a top 3 Dragon Quest for me. I mean, I know I haven't played them all, but like I think I mean, you, Mike, did a which Dragon Quest is Dragon Best, uh, which Dragon Quest is Dragon Best episode, didn't you? And I'm pretty sure That's Eleven right. was right up there. So uh, I it might have been four. I haven't re-listened to it recently, but um, yeah, it was definitely top three, I think. And I agree with that. And I, I think it's like, yeah, I just think it does everything really, really well. Like it's just. It's accessible, it's classic, it's modern, it does everything. I know there's just like big, big buzzwords that I'm throwing out there, but I generally think that like if I'm gonna recommend a turn-based RPG to somebody, this is gonna be one like one of the top choices. Like you wanna get introduced to traditional RPGs, I'm not going to throw you into an NES game straight away. I'll give you this and then be like, here are loads of smaller versions to go with it. Like you can branch off and go play Final Fantasy 2 or whatever and just understand where it's come from, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of RPGs in the last 20 years, it's still right up there. Like, oh my goodness, I'd have to go over all of my favorites, but like, I'd say it's in like top 15 at least. Like, it's got to be. Like, I I just can't think of anything that does so much stuff universally well as Dragon Quest Eleven, apart from music. But like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, what else? You know, I think it ranks above most Final Fantasies within that time period, like maybe 12 and 14, which is a little bit unfair. Um, 10 maybe i don't know um or like 12 and 14 i probably like more than dragon quest 10 but 11 for different reasons um but yeah it's it's hard to it's one of the first games i'd recommend and out like one of the first rpgs of the last 20 years i would recommend easily uh, okay for me personally right, i'm going to oh, sure yep sorry uh personally for me um i i think I'm going to stand by what I said earlier. Uh, my favorite Dragon Quest for many, many years has been five, and it, that was never challenged until eleven. I think eleven is probably my second favorite. But if you ask me that question another day, I, I maybe I would say it would say is my favorite. But it, it is a top two Dragon Quest game for me, very firmly. And uh, ranking 
all my favorite or the best RPGs of the past 20 years is a hell of an exercise. And if I were try, if I were to try to do that in part right now off the off the dome, there I would definitely forget something. But I, I think that if I were to do that, when it all was said and done, Dragon Quest XI would be in the top 10 somewhere, maybe top five. I think it is an absolutely uh, crucial RPG in that uh, in the the PS4 generation, whatever you want to call that range of consoles. And uh, it, it, as long as people don't have qualms about playing a game that is a little long, a little slow moving, uh, turn based action, then it's 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 a one it's a total recommendation. But uh, mm-hmm. again, it might not match everyone's tastes and preferences exactly. If the if if the slowest game they're willing to play is is a, a Metal Gear solid stealth action game, then maybe this won't be their jam. <laughs> uh, but and 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 I and, and I admit that the music isn't good, but that makes it a perfect game to listen to podcasts along to. Hey, so uh, yeah, again, um, um, probably top ten of the past twenty years. Definitely a top two Dragon Quest game is where I'm landing. Liam, you want to answer that too? Um, yeah, I mean, among the DQ games, especially as a first title for new players, uh, it is amazing uh, plot wise and all with all the twists. It is top notch um character wise it rivals four um and probably even uh, i would say even goes deeper uh into the lore of who these characters are uh by sure so yeah i i would say it's definitely a top rank among the dq games um ranking it amongst rpgs um i haven't played many modern rpgs again because of the kids (laughs) and my my uh my lack of uh um, time, unfortunately, to to play many of the PS4 games, but uh, particularly among the retro games that I play on my phone, um, this game blows m- so much of the classic older series out of the out of the water, and it's it does a lot of what I'd love to see in future games. So, yeah, how about you, Platy? Oh, I I think I said this before, maybe a year ago. I've come to the realization that you know, even with now a few years of nostalgia, this is my number one DQ game. I mean, I used to say four, five, or eight, you know, you ask me yeah. any day of the week, I'd yep. pick, you know, four for characters, five for plot, eight mm-hmm. just for the beauty of it all, and having great characters, too, and yeah. um, stuff, but I can, you know, if I'm gonna, if I had to go in and individually rank, like, each of those little things, mm-hmm. I think 11 would then add up to be numerically, like, the top one. Yeah. And far be it for me to argue with the math or. <laughs> and I still love um, four. I love take... four so oh, yeah, much yeah. like you. But I, I, I almost have to like split it into two. Like, OK, we've got the classic, you know, Dragon Quest one through seven. And then like the more modern Dragon Quest eight through, you know, at the, the splitting point would be uh, original releases when the when the when the uh, battle system uh, changed to where you can actually see your characters. Um, and I would say that, uh, that 11 is definitely the top, uh, of the modern series. And I still have just so much great nostalgia for four. Um, and of course five and three, uh, among the classics. Yeah. And I mean, I put this up there right along with like persona four as some of the best games that I've played since 2000. So yeah, easily top five, um, little, uh, little spoiler for, uh, we had RPG of the Decade on RP Gamer last year at the end of the uh, 20 teens, and we picked 
Dragon Quest XI as the RPG of the decade. And really, it came down to, I think there were some 30 of us that had voted. And, like, the point totals were all, like, really close. But me and one other person on staff were the only two people that agreed on a game. Like, I guess in the top, like, five or six games that had received enough votes on our list like this was the only one that got number one from two people about 20 other people all had 20 different opinions so oh since the God. scores were also close and there was two two of us that had picked dragon quest 11 the editor's like yeah we'll, we'll make that the number one <laughs> makes sense yeah that's surprising but yeah, yeah. We, we also had a rpg of the decade feature at uh, rpg fan and it didn't work in dragon quest 11's favor i forget exactly where it uh where it ended up um but like we had it so that every uh, every vote was sort of a, a point system and not enough people had mm -hmm. played Dragon Quest XI. So it, it didn't really accrue enough points uh. to, to make the top five. Uh, but uh, but but games that maybe more people had played but only ranked partway down their list uh, did much better. But I, I think the people that did play Dragon Quest XI almost all rated it very highly. Uh and mm -hmm. but I, I again, I'd have to dig out that feature to find out exactly where it ranked. But it was um, much lower than number one of the decade, even though I would have put it. Yeah, you know, it, it, it probably my number one of the decade. It would be. I mean, I mean, I mean that, or maybe near Automata. Uh, does yeah. Doesn't Cry Five count? That's very important. Does what count? Doesn't yeah. Cry Five count? Ah, uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, that would change everything, right. wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. See, see, these these are questions that we can't answer in a, in just one podcast. <sighs> oh man <laughs> and uh speaking of just one podcast we we've definitely gone over what uh mike your ideal time is too so hopefully everybody's listening <laughs> to this in, hopefully everybody's listening to this at double speed and you heard all that um <laughs> or, or or hopefully you took a break and yeah this is definitely more than two episodes of law and order <laughs> <laughs> but so i i think we'll with that we will uh wrap it up for this episode of slime time thank you mike thank you alana for being on enjoyed having you here today yeah it's been great to be here thank you for having us and we should probably extend the favor at some point for sure mike yeah we we, we can make that happen uh, uh it, it was it was a pleasure to talk with you guys after interacting with you for on social media for some time and i i think we can find an episode topic uh for retro encounter that'll that'll appeal to all parties awesome <laughs> no thanks so much for being here here here's where i try to recreate the names uh alana hagues yay all right you did and, yeah and mike Solosi. also correct all right awesome that. <laughs> two hours later you've probably been repeating those in your head on a repeat so <laughs> oh and uh we'll go in here to our normal exiting routine you might have noticed that the only time we mention patreon on our podcast is when we say we don't use patreon we're all just longtime fans that want to speak about the game series that we know we love so much but if you did have some money you wanted to donate, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den at www.wudis.com slash den. Click on support this site. Wudis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den fan site for over 20 years now. I'm sure he'd appreciate any donation. Um, or you can use his Amazon affiliate link, which now is front and center on the website. Um, you can use it to buy anything. You're going to buy yourself a new refrigerator from Amazon. Don't know why you do that, but if you did so, you know, uh, maybe Woodus would get like 10 cents or something. Wouldn't cost you a penny. And to advertise with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Just, oh. sorry, just a little, uh, a little 
uh, child's related uh, noise in the background. I had to mute. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> to advertise with us, reach out to us at slimetimepodcast.gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can find us on Twitter at Instagram and uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. Consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon Den forums. Uh, one of the few remaining forums still around. You can find it at www.wudis.com slash forums. I'm still there posting about what I'm playing and talking about fan translations and DQ news. Or come hang out with us at the and other tons of rabid Dragon Quest fans on the more official everyday Dragon Quest Dragon's Den Dragon Quest Discord server. And Mr. Solosi and Miss Hugh Higgs, where can we find you? on social media well same places as i dropped earlier so at alana hagues on twitter and instagram and alana on discord or you can just head over to the rpg fan page and go to the staff profiles and you'll see everything i've ever written on there nice <laughs> and uh, uh likewise for me you can find uh, a lot of stuff i've um recorded and written on rpgfan.com on twitter i'm at the real monsoon most of the time at evoker for dogs other times and uh the retro encounter <laughs> podcast has over 300 episodes probably 80 percent of which involve me monsooning about so some topic or another <laughs> so uh so uh yeah uh, check us out on rpgfan.com and listen to retro encounter yeah we'll have links to all this that uh they've mentioned and that we've talked about as well as a lot of different dragon quest episodes that retro encounter has done throughout the years in the show notes so if you're so inclined feel free to look there and got a bunch of links for you that we'll uh double check to make sure they're all working still um We'd like to thank everyone that made this podcast possible, our guests, and, of course, Brian, a.k.a. Woodis, for his support of the series and this podcast, and keeping the Dragon's Den's lights on for decades. Thanks to Amanda Lapri and the Descendants of Erdrick for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. Descendants of Erdrick is a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas. Check them out in their most recent album, Advent, at www.descendantsoferdrick.com, or on Twitter at dofurdrick, and check out Amanda Lapri streaming on Twitch. As always, our thanks to Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful graphic artist, a Dragon Quest fan, for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast. Dwayne was on the original iteration of Slime Time about 10 years ago, and he's been on many of our episodes. Uh, you can check out more of his work at Dwayne Art on Instagram or his website, DwayneBullockArt.BigCartel.com. And if you're looking for more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our earlier episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor FM, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Bye, everyone. Dragon Quest Slime Time, sliming off. <laughs> <laughs>